What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 212 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hey, it's me. And once again, you can find her rep in What's Good Games on Twitter at Andrea Renee, the busiest lady in the business. Andrea Renee. What's good, Tim? And rounding out the squad, Fran Mirabella. You can find him on twitch.tv slash FM3 underscore. I know. gotta fix it. We're working it really on it. No, you don't. Me. Just own it. I know. The best uh, hair in the biz. Fran Mirabella. Hey, best friends. And now on YouTube, Fran Mirabella. Oh, but yeah. I don't make yeah. any money off that, but... Uh, Still, it's cool. One day out on Twitch. You edited your, your anthem review. The Fran anthem very review. very cool. Fran anthem. Yeah. yeah. I've There's now done like three of them, so it's been fun. I would say thank you for giving me a shout out in your video, oh, but it was not a kind shout out. You gotta watch the video because I'm talking about... It's amazing all the... Uh, Awesome cu- and hideous customization you do as soon as and I say the hideous. hideous it was what she tweeted. my colossus. Bayred. <laughs> 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 oh, that's amazing. Can you believe this is the last games cast without the, the division? Last. Without the division, without two. the division, <laughs> it's, it's all it. different from here, Frame. We mean without to talk without about the division as, too. Greg, I'm really we won't no, have I'm the division slightly two. worried for you. Don't what be. if I'm only, what if it next week? We what will. if it tanks? Uh, division what two. What if it fails all of your expectations? Are you gonna be okay? No, <laughs> no, 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 no I have had no skin in the game <laughs> on anything lately. It's like I'll what tell are the games I'm playing? If the division two's bad, there will be I will be on fucking I will be irate. You will see that I will be bad. It will be bad. It can't be bad. It's a lot like Batman v Superman. There's no oh, don't, possible don't way. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, Fran. Uh, Fran Fridays. What is that? Oh yeah. Also, please check me out. I'm. That's when I commit to streaming when people are awake mm-hmm. on Twitch. Because otherwise, I'm like there at 10 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, check me out. Fran Fridays on Twitch. This week, I'm gonna do it at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I'm doing Games Daily tomorrow. You are too, doing right? kind so of games. That's funny part games of it. Tomorrow. Give myself a little in between to eat something. I've not been good at that. So mm-hmm. yeah, check me mm-hmm. out. I want to try new games. It really depends on what's happening. Andrew and I've been playing Destiny. I know we're gonna talk about that more, but um. But yeah, everything from maybe checking out DMC Five to playing the new Destiny and stuff like that. So. Please support me there. Very cool. Thank Ladies you, and gentlemen, dude. this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. And what's that? We have some breaking news. What? A lot of people, a lot of the, the astute viewers out there and listeners out there, they're like, whoa, I really like this group of people at this table. Don't All right. What if you guys just did this every week together? It's like, well, we already had Fran. We've had Greg <laughs> forever. I've been here. Sure. But what about Andrea Renee? What, what if we could get her on this show every damn week? Oh, well, at least most of the week. Snap. Every week as much as any of us are here every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't call it business lady in the business for exactly, a reason. Exactly, exactly. No reason. But you've somehow found time to schedule out time every week to be here at this table talking about video games. So this is the new cast of the Kind of Funny Games I, cast. Yay! Thank you. Thank you for the applause. This is going to be great. I'm very excited Welcome about Andrea. this. You're in the new intro, finally. Oh, and Jared's what a beautiful out. job yeah. Andy did. Andy Cortez, oh, man. Killing we had it? Oh, yeah, no. we did. Well, that's what you saw during the pre-show that was oh, upside that down and playing with static. But full transparency, we've been waiting to announce this till we had the video done. The video was finally done. That's why you freaked out. And we're like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was going to be like, and we have a surprise and then play it. But Barrett tested it, thank God. Because Can you just show the video, Got Barrett? Got it. No, I don't. I really oh, don't. Show, it, show, show it. it. Show it. Show it. Hold on. Hold on. It's Remember, this is how the second. sausage gets made. That's what kind of funny is all about. a single technical director, producer. Producer, uh, everything back. So Rubber is doing everything. Uh, he can do it. He can, can do, do it. it. He's yeah. Yeah. it up. Bringing it up. This yeah. is the bear. Bear, throw all your bears up. Uh, he's gonna do it, and he's gonna click over, show it to him. Gonna hit that big button there, and that other little button. I don't know how it works. That <laughs> other button there. He's gonna move the, some sliders he's now around. Moving some sliders around. 
Whoa. Okay, something's definitely wrong. That's what, no, that's what we're saying. We're showing the wrong version. Why'd you cut it early? Show, play it again. No, all it's fucked all up. Static and, I know. We show it in yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole point awesome. was we want to show it fucked up. Don't like cut it. away. We know you it's fucked great. up. It'll be fine when they see it on YouTube. Now it's fucked. Yeah, we can also show the freeze frame of. of no, let it go. This is way better. I'll tell you what. I have never seen a digital video file that goes. <laughs> somebody like, needs, like, like the rabbit ears fell off the oh TV. My gosh. Uh, that's it's so normal. funny. So yeah. So Nick literally who who did the video just left to to go do some other stuff right when we would need him to fix it. So yeah, it looks like uh, I promised by next week <laughs> the proper video will be there. Hopefully he has time tomorrow. To, to like fix that, whatever the well, issue is. Let me over is. to his computer after this. I'll react. <laughs> but anyway, Andrea, welcome. Yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Show. Thank Finally, you so much. It's been a long time coming. It has been very exciting stuff. And thank you all for your support, making this show happen. It's the reason we're allowed to do things like have these guys on yeah. the show. Uh, Patreon supporters at the silver membership or above get to watch the show live as we record it. You can get the show three days early and get the full exclusive pre and post shows, or you can watch it for free on Mondays on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games or on roosterteeth.com or you can listen on your favorite podcast service just search for kind of funny games cast this episode is brought to you by quip we'll talk about that later because for right now i want to tell you about our patreon producers shout out to scott hardinger dj kento casey kern sancho west gaming and james hastings for making all this beautiful stuff happen oh man what a time to be alive. You know what I mean? It is a great time to be alive. Is I want to point out that I just noticed Andrew Renee has uh, shamrock uh, green and oh, like the, she got, it's, it's St. Patrick's Day nails. Mm, I did not beautiful. notice that. I didn't notice day. that either. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Well, I wanted to do something a little bit more subtle than like Kelly green. Yeah. Sure. You sure. know? And so I went for like the, the shamrock shake foam. mint green. Oh, okay. yeah. Shamrock shake is, uh, is better. Yeah. Let's and then go. there's a dark. Dark glitter green or dark evergreen with glitter in it for the shamrocks on, painted on. Yeah. Good eye, Greg. That's what I do, guys. Look That's at nails. You Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I do, Greg? What's that? Play Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. I am very pleased to tell you guys it is good. Yeah. It is yeah. damn good. I cannot mm -hmm. believe how good Fingers it is. Crossed. Have you got to play it? No. I'm, yes. I'm probably going to do that on Friday. You got to do it on stream, yeah. man. Yeah. It's going to be. I love Devil May Cry, so. Don't get my hopes up it's, and let me dude, down, Tim. There's, that's the thing. It's no, not he's getting not, your hopes he's up, He's not man. getting your hopes up. It's really that good. Britt played through the whole thing as well. It was her very first time mm -hmm. playing through it. She had a blast with it, uh, which is a good sign. Wait, you mean first somebody, time? It's her first time ever first playing DMC Devil May Cry? Ever. Okay. She's yeah. never played Devil May Cry before. And oh, she's so had a first time. time I played all the Devil May Cries, yeah. and this is definitely uh, up there with my favorites, if wow. not my favorite. Um, what about It's So Great? It's between this and Devil May Cry 3, I would say, because both are good for similar reasons, which is the gameplay is just, it's perfectly tuned. It's so tight. Every single thing that you do, you feel like you're in control of and you feel like a badass. And I think that's like the key thing about what this this game is striving to be. Gotcha. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 has three playable main characters. Each one of them oh, really? feels just as fleshed out as the other. And just so you as, don't have that moment. It's fun to play. Are you like, switched over story beats, or do you get to so choose? It's all story. It's mission based. So just oh, like okay, every okay. Devil May Cry yeah. that we've seen before, really, there's 20, 20 missions. They're linear missions, and that's what I like the most about this game is it gets rid of all the stuff that held back the other games. There's no platforming. There's no puzzle elements. It's just. You, you, walk, you walk through a hallway, you get to a big open space, and you, you're in an arena fighting a bunch of monsters. Do a tiny bit of platforming. 
but not in not in a way that they, that's the challenge. It's never True. the obstacle. It's always just you're you're using the movement your, your movement to like get to the next section. But it's never like because Devil May Cry one, all the Devil May Cry's had lengthy sections where platforming was the gameplay. Did DMC mm-hmm. have that? Yeah, did I'm D- trying to remember. So I like DMC. DMC DMC's kind of like the, the sure it's the Ninja Theory of the, I actually it like the DMC shark. though. Yeah. It, DMC is very debated. Uh, huh. In the community, but a lot of people like it because yeah. it is a very good game. But it's but the not... way that it the way that it interpreted Devil May Cry. Not everybody's for it, okay. exactly. And also, it's it's a spinoff. Like it's a totally yeah. different. It's thing. like the totally Majora's Mask of the series. No, what? not that no, that'd not be that aggressive. Awesome less more, aggressive. More aggressive than that. It's like mm. it's. I mean, it's, it's inevitably a totally different game. It's, it's a different like, studio. So like, what can you? It's do? like the Metroid other M of the series. Mm. I would say. More no. so than now, anything. No, I don't know. Thanks, Greg. Anyway, um, so thanks, Greg. But no, but three DMC, different classes. I like DMC a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is when you look at the the franchise, like there's there's been ups and downs. Like DMC one is a classic and it's amazing, but obviously it doesn't hold up as well as uh, some of the later games because it's so so old. It originally, yeah. was Resident Evil four. Like that's we're right. talking, the the camera angles are very Resident Evil style, and for an action game, that's kind of kind of weird. DMC two better off not talked about like it is one of those games people pretend didn't happen um and even in the story and stuff i'm kind of shocked that they don't straight up write it out but it shows how inconsequential that game is that gotcha. they canonically have moved oh, for the story, where it is in the, cro- in the timeline where forever they're like oh yeah that's the latest thing that's ever happened even after four and now they're like no 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 four happens after that it's like all right guys pretend two didn't happen it doesn't matter three is amazing um, both story-wise and gameplay-wise. 4 was good, but it had a lot of problems like backtracking, and mm-hmm. it had two playable characters, Nero and Dante, who played very similarly, but they had their their key differences that made them special. Dante's the main character of this franchise, though, and he's the one that everybody wants to play the most right off the bat, uh, and DMC4 didn't let you do that till way too far in, and then eventually all you were doing was just backtracking backwards through the game. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like... A double bad thing for the backtracking because you're going through the same areas, but you're also going through the ones you just did. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes, so sense. It makes, like, sense. It makes sense. That was kind of annoying. This game solves all of those problems where it gives you a good amount of time with all the playable characters and it makes all of them feel fresh and different enough to have you be sad when you're leaving them, but excited to play as the next character. And because every single level just is so linear and just moves you to the the battles where that is the gameplay. They understand the value of this game and they double down on it to not get lost in the puzzles because the puzzles have never been good. They're just they're very like tacked on things of the like get the blue thing, go put in the blue hole. And it's just like that can get really annoying. Before we go too far down the rabbit hole of the specifics for people out there who maybe are completely lost and maybe have never seen Devil May Cry, don't know what the series is about, don't even know what kind of game it is. Can you maybe give like a high level overview of like what the like elevator pitch for the story of this game is and the type of game it is? It's a stylish character action game. So it's very character focused where each playable character has their own personality that is told through the moves that they have and through the, their their quips and their their style and every single thing that they do. It's all about style. It's a um, third-person action leather game jackets. with a lot of different weapons. There's a focus. Every character has a melee attack, a uh, projectile attack, and a special attack. That's really boiling it down to the the basics. Very, very, very fast-paced. You're always jumping around. A lot of uh, Z targeting, like locking on to enemies. You're facing six enemies at once, kind of bouncing from one to the other, and it's all about juggling them and kind of never letting them touch the floor. 
um, by switching through your weapons and kind of doing all that, and you're being judged with a from D up to triple S rank. So the longer you keep your combo going, the cooler moves you're doing, the more you switch up and don't just spam the same things over and over. You go from D to C to B to A, and then to S to double S to triple S, and then you just maintain that. And once you're doing that, you're just in a flow that feels so good. And again, you feel like a badass every step of the way in this game. Story, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It is so You're perfect. a demon hunter, right? You're a demon hunter. Essentially, you're killing monsters. Yeah. You're killing monsters. And this now, game understands what it is, and it doubles down on that. Sticking with me, let me finish the statement before you bite my head mm-hmm. off. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot like Bayonetta, which actually draws a lot of inspiration from Devil May Cry. Actually, yes? I researched this last night when Brittany and I were talking about the game because I had never played through. I, da- I dabbled with DMC in preview events throughout mm-hmm. my career, but never actually played one. And I was like, this looks exactly like Bayonetta. So I researched it and found out actually the guy who created the original Devil May Cry also directed the original Bayonetta. And that's why they look very, very similar. So if you've played Bayonetta, it plays almost identical Mm -hmm. to Bayonetta in every way. It's just the story beats are different. But really, they're very similar. Like, that's the thing. Is oh, it's yeah, like, they're they, incredibly similar. Dante's jacket wait. is made up of his hair, and the more damage he takes, the closer to naked he gets. I mean, <laughs> one of the characters in this game, it's not hair, but it's tattoos, essentially. Like, it is hot. very, very similar hot. to mm-hmm. those Certified ideas. Certified hot. There's, uh, there's a lot of incestuous things in terms Whoa. of, like, the different teams that have oh. worked on, on these games. And, like, the style between Platinum, even Nedge Theory, and um, the original DMC team, because it's like... They, they have just been perfecting this stylish character action it, over the last two decades. I always describe games like this. They're very arcadey, right? It, it hasn't, like, tried to get, like, we're in this new world of, like, it's got to be an open world or it's got RPG elements. Where, to me, Devil May Cry has always felt kind of like you were saying. It's linear. It's arcadey. You're, in, like, literally going for a high score at the end of each it's level. True. Yeah. And uh, it retains just that, like, almost as if you pop the quarter in and we're, like, trying to get the most value out of it, but get the most combos. And mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I like about it. It's the pace has... Has always been pretty fast and that was my biggest question for you guys is like is there downtime or is they well, literally like a little a little a bit yeah like, there is some the a, a tiny little bit of exploration um so there'll be levels where you can kind of explore certain nooks and crannies and find you like, have to or is no, but like the, the reason you do that is to find like an extra blue orb that increases your maximum vitality or oh, to sure. find a secret level which gives you like an uh, extra bonuses or to find more of the red orbs that are the in-game currency for you to buy more special moves yeah, in the customization menu up. but I, what I really loved about um, Death May Cry 5 as somebody who is pretty new to the franchise is that they have a lot of um, accessibility options within the menu to make the combat more approachable so mm-hmm. they have you can turn all of that off if you're a hardcore DMC person and you want to experience the combat the way the designers have intended the flow to be it's not turn it off you can turn on the other stuff to make it easier yes let me be clear well you pick your your difficulty at the very beginning you can either pick human which is like the easy, easy mode, mode or you can pick like the demon the, hunter. The, demon, yeah. the devil hunter or devil whatever hunter. yeah <sighs> which is the the way that it's like Wait, oh normal. experienced players but is. they have a an aim <laughs> assist option itself. within the menu settings that i turned on and it makes the combos require fewer button presses so that you can actually execute the combos um much easier and it's like simpler format for people who are oh, wow. maybe they a little bit a confused by it. It, it essentially it makes you feel like a badass easier. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like not even just simpler it sets uh, combos inputs. Up for you. It's more just like if you just spammed the the melee attack, it's going to give you the cool flashy enemies. Instead okay. of having to time the button presses the way that you need to make it's the like combo what they do with Street Fighter, right? And right. one of the re-releases, whatever the All hell right. they yeah. put in. Yeah, some yeah they did it for Street Fighter Five. Well, yeah. look, if you want to ruin the game, 
and ruin the entire experience. Just turn on one of the. How I'm just kidding. You? I'm totally messing with no, you. No, it makes it approachable for people who are maybe really <laughs> intimidated by the combat I of a game like Devil May Cry. It. I'm joking. I'm don't being an elitist. I'm being an elitist. Me. I didn't know you turned it on. How dare you? <laughs> she you said just, that. She I just said that. Just I thought you were saying you appreciated on. that you could, uh, and I didn't know if you did. What's good time for baby ass baby mode? Thank you, Greg. I pay attention to the shirts. It's very cool, but the point of this game is, and has always been the difficulty. What I appreciate about this one is I feel like it is very well paced in terms of how it gives you the options where it does start with the essentially easy and normal. You Hard is not unlocked yet. And playing through normal mm. is the, the way Human. that it's meant it's to like be played. Uh, but that's what this whole game is based on is New Game Plus, and it is arcadey. It is yeah. wanting to go back and like keep playing. And what I High appreciate school. about it is it took me about 12 hours to beat. I think that's from everyone I've talked to. That's uh, about, about normal. That's solid. But it's like, they're, that's they not the end of you the game. Back. It's like, right, it's yeah, designed, yeah. like uh, I put 12 hours in and I beat it. I have not unlocked did you, the majority of the abilities. Do you like, use all three characters across them? And I'd love to know more about the characters. Yes. But yes. So, so in the first, it's not like you have to wait to use the characters till after that. And this stuff's not spoilery because it's like they've talked about in every trailer and in, in all of this stuff. But there are the three playable characters of V, Nero, Dante. You start as Nero, who is introduced and the main character of Devil May Cry 4. Um, and there's the 20 missions. And I would say that like the first 10 essentially alternate between V and Nero. And then there's a big emphasis on you being Dante for a lot of the rest of it. But there are maybe two to three levels that you get to choose who you're playing as. Um, otherwise, they're very focused where it, this Nero level is just Nero level. Oh, this V level okay. is just a V level. Um, except for when the when I, I would I think there's three that you get to choose either from the three of them or from some combination of two, um, which is cool and interesting. There's also a weird co-op mode um, that was the. They don't really explain too well. Um, it's like you and Andrea could have played. So there's like, like a, there's an asynchronous version where it's like there the levels where you can play as two people. You'll be on two sides of a hallway with, where there's like a fence in between you, so that the characters can't actually interact. Is this like on the same TV or online? No, it's online, and like something will pop up, and it'll be like guest starring Greg Miller. Hey, and don't. then you know that the the character that's next to you is a real person playing as the gotcha. other character going through the hallway. It doesn't need to be a feature. Huh. It's kind of weird. There's no difference between it being somebody I know playing, someone I don't know playing, or an AI. Like you just totally trying to fight for a high score. So you're not like joining up in a party beforehand and no, going in and being no. like, "Me and Frank are playing journey. this." Thing. It's just it's kind of it's kind of like journey, but like it tells you who it is, like from uh, the get go. Mm. Um, Fart knocker. And again, I might be misunderstanding. <laughs> you can see this, them? but you, yeah, you see them, and at the end like of the level, ghosts. you can kind of rate their their style, and if you give them an S rank, then they get a, a gold orb, which is uh -huh. uh, continue. So like if you die, you can come back where you were. Which, it's just, it's interesting. I just don't really understand the practicality of it, yeah, or like yeah. why it exists. There is some way to play multiplayer where you're actually all three playing together. No. In one of the levels, I think. Um, I didn't do it. I saw YouTube videos of people playing together where it is three people actually playing together, which looked cool. Fighting the same enemies. But it seems like the game, yeah, but it seems well, like some the game's of the bosses not designed around that. Some are like big, gotcha. giant. All of them are big, giant. Yeah. And that, the bosses in this game are That's fantastic. Yeah. And again, going back to it, this game, DMC5, trims the fat of the other games being the platforming and the puzzle stuff. It really focuses on the, the, the fighting. It gets you to the fighting super quickly. The exploring, like the levels are not open at all. It is just, it's so linear, you're going... But there's, you'll reach a fork in the road. You know the direction you're supposed to go, 
But the exploring comes in the do I do I want to like take the ten seconds to go of course see what's you do. over there? There's and definitely going to be like orbs do. or and something over red there. Orb that yeah. you need to level up, and you get the orbs, which allows you to um, upgrade your abilities, upgrade your weapons, and like there's just so many systems hmm. in this game, and I feel like it does such a good job of teaching you them little by little, and the way that they structured the upgrading, I just think is perfect to teach you how to play. Um, and by the end of it, because I'm not good at these games, but by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'm, this is the first time I felt decent at this. Where mm. it's like, I, I can, I feel like I have my head wrapped around it, and I want to keep playing the harder difficulty to go back and unlock even more abilities. Because like every ability, it's you know just kind of the branching out skill tree type thing, where it's just like, okay, well now you can do level two of that move, and I'm like, well, I want to do that. Of course you, you know? do. I, I want to make sure in this conversation we talk for a second about how beautiful the game looks. Because oh my it's, god. It's in the RE engine that Resident Evil 2 Remake was built in, and it looks mm. phenomenal. It is unbelievable that a game can of like this can be this beautiful. Hmm. Because Resident Evil, a bit slower paced, the camera's kind of more like yeah. atmospheric, zoomed yeah. in, so it's focused more on like fa- the facial features and stuff. The they, these characters look like Resident Evil 2. But you're fighting doing crazy oh, stuff, wow. but it's so like all the you, enemies a have a lot mode, of detail. So much detail. They said specifically it's 4K, the 60 characters. frames per second. I played an wow. Xbox One X, what it 4K, like on 60. Uh, it's, Shut up. You can play on it's PC beautiful. as well. You can play on PC. <laughs> Greg's I like, will. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want your crap. Um, I will. <laughs> some of the best HDR I've ever seen. It's just, it's gorgeous. Mm. And um, I was reading online that the Xbox One X actually doesn't um, have as steady a frame rate as the PS4 Pro. Really? For this one. That seems to be an RE engine thing. Gotcha. But it's so, such a small difference that unless you're digital foundry looking at Cypress, I didn't notice. Does it run? It pre- felt like a pure 60 to me. You're on Xbox One X? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it runs pretty well. It run amazing. Great. I don't, I didn't I didn't I've never played any hiccups at all. In I've never my played a console time. game that felt this smooth and looked this good consistently. And it's 4K. It's cooking. Like, it's oh, it's man, great. It is awesome. Um, and then the the faces and the characters look so good. What do you think about Nico? Nico's great. Nico, love love Nico. Um, <laughs> Nico's the new kind of side character. She's like the gunsmith. Yeah, she's the one that makes all the the weapons for gotcha. the characters and stuff. She's super awesome. Um, Going back to it, though, it's like this game it does such a good job of giving the people what they want gameplay-wise, where you're fighting the enemies. Every level, with the exception of maybe two or three, ends in a boss fight. So it's like there's a, a pace to the game that you always kind of understand what you're doing. Just oh, doing it so over you know and what over. you're going towards, too, which is great. Exactly. And the bosses are super fun, super designed based on the different characters that you are. Um, to give you guys a quick overview of the three different characters, we got Nero's the main character that you play majority of the game with. Um, Dark hair, he, right? No, he's got the silver hair. He's oh, he's hair. silver. Dante's blonde, though, isn't he? Dante's white-haired. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I thought he had dark hair. Yeah. Right. On I forgot here. about no, that. No, V has there. the dark hair. All right. I'm, like I'm a parent trying to talk to their kids about Never Fortnite. Mind. I was <laughs> trying to remember, but, and I made a mistake. It, I mean, it's complicated because at multiple points, they have both. Yeah. Like, it changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you can also pick alternating costumes if you get the special edition. Yeah, because it's not always red jacket, black jacket. That's what I was trying to remember it when they were introduced. But anyway. All of these systems that I'm about to explain work 10 out of 10. Like they all feel good. They all feel equally fun to play as, and um, they're equally deep. So starting with Nero, he has his just sword, but on his sword is a motorcycle uh, little throttle. throttle. Um, so with that, on the top left of your screen, there's like three little um, gems that okay. you can charge up to make your sword attack stronger. So if you just, uh, oh, and also what I love about this game, every 
control is customizable. I hate when games like force you to play a certain way. This, I definitely changed up all of my controls to be how I would feel most, most comfortable because there's definitely a couple claw situations with, with some of the characters that I didn't really like, so I changed it and it was totally fine. Uh, but how I played with the R2, you can just kind of like tap it like a motorcycle thing and it'll charge up your um, little gems, which allow you to have your stronger swords. Oh, but charge. the pro huh. level of it is if you swipe your, your sword at the end of your the, the hit, if you rev, it'll just give you a full boost immediately. Oh, cool. So it's like there's an easy way to do it, but then there's also the, the stylish famous. way to do it. Um, that, and it feels so good because the controller vibrates like perfectly when you get it. And when you get that rhythm down, it's just, it's fantastic. Now I need to remap my Musical. controller. <laughs> you got to. You really do. Like it makes it so much better. Uh, not that the default's bad, but like it's just however your mind works with it. Like they they understand that and it, it's great. Um, so you have the, the, sword, with the sword with the throttle. What else? Then you also have just your, your gun, um, which you can charge up the shot. And it's kind of like more of like a shotgun type blast or just a normal thing, which is really just to juggle the enemies yeah. in combo. Uh, and then you have what's called the Devil Breaker, which is his arm. So its main use is uh, if you're locked onto an enemy and you hit circle, you grab them and pull them towards you if they're far from you. Or if they're big enough of an enemy, you grab them and you get thrown to them. So it's like the scorpion type like thing. Zip to keep, line to or whatever. Zip yeah. line, yep, to keep your, your combo going. And it feels so good to just kind of switch on the fly between slicing somebody, shooting someone else, then pulling up and slicing them. It's great. Uh, but if you're not locked on, your devil breaker arm, the circle button, has a different power based on which arm attachment you have hmm. um, equipped. So... I don't know the exact number. I think that there's like five in the game, like five different ones oh, you no. get. There's but way more. There's way more if you have the deluxe edition and pay for the DLC and that mm. stuff. Then it brings it up to, I think, 10. Yeah. And um, Capcom provided us with codes for that edition. At least they provided mm -hmm. me with the deluxe edition codes. You get us as well. um, all of these extra devil breakers at the very front of the game. But then the red orbs that you collect in the game, you go and you buy. So the important thing to remember about the devil breakers is that they're uh, consumable. So if you get damaged while you are using one, it's you lose it instantly. And they load into your inventory like a bullets in a magazine. So you can pay to expand your magazine. So you start with like three slots. And I spent a lot of gems expanding my magazine right away. And so as you walk through the levels, you pick up the Devil Breaker. So there's these little arms that are just, it's like an attachable arm because mm -hmm. in the beginning of the game, you know, like Nero loses his arm. And then you pick them up, and as you pick them up, they're slotted into the magazine, and you can only use them in that order. You can't select uh, yeah. which ones That's you right. want to use yeah. in a specific place or time. You are stuck with using them in the order that you've picked them up. Which yeah. is the unique thing to Nero, because mm -hmm. he has uh, access to such a wide range of different types of special attacks because of these Devil Breakers. So one of them, the DLC ones, is uh, Mega Man's Mega Buster. It's so, so it's, fun. That's it's right. actually <laughs> Mega Man's thing. Too. When you die, it's the Mega Man. Woo, woo, nice. Woo, woo. And when you like come back, it's the teleporting in. Cool little touches. Um, but it, you can tell that all the DLC stuff, that's just more fun extra. Like the game was not really designed around that. Um, honestly, the Devil Breaker stuff was my least favorite of the the weapons and things in this game because I didn't like not being able to switch on the fly. Yeah, it's it becomes frustrating at a certain point because now you're having to really master all of these different special abilities across all of the Devil Breakers and it became a lot for me. And so I just kind of spam used them and was focusing more on the combos with the 
the melee and the ranged weapons instead. So focusing on that quickly, it's like we got the you got your double breakers. Each one's different. One of them might shoot like the Mega Man thing, or one of them like shoots out this like orb that slows time for anything that's in that in the vicinity mm. of the the blast. Or uh, one of them is more like a drill, so like you really get into enemies and you can like just get your combo meter up really quickly. Drill um, man. So they all have like these different different functions. Um, or one of them is a, a rocket arm that's like the Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, arm where oh, it, sure, it yeah. shoots off and it'll just go and just punch the and shit out of enemies it. and it comes back to you and if you jump at the right time it's like a skateboard That's like awesome. a stuff, uh, hoverboard you're flying around you can do tricks and fuck up enemies and stuff and it's huh. cool very stylish very stupid um, but at any moment you the, the devil breaker has four different uses if you're locked on you can pull people in scorpion style if you're not locked in on you can just like use its special power or um, if you hold the button it'll do a big special power like a better version of that, but then your thing explodes mm. and then it moves on to the next devil breaker. Um, or at any moment you can hit L1 and it'll just straight up explode the thing. Like a grenade. Like yeah. a grenade. And then you lose access to that one, but it does a lot of damage to enemies around you. It's really helpful for boss fights or when you're just getting like completely like overrun by, yeah. by enemies. So yeah. cool. Deep it's systems and that's just him. And then you move on to V, which is uh, this really, really emo goth kid. Looking like uh, Kylo Ren. I first heard him talk. I was having trouble placing who he reminded me of, the way that he was speaking. And he reminds me of the faceless man in Game of Thrones. Mm. The the Bravosi guy who's teaching. Jaquin. Yeah, something. Yeah, Jaquin. He's got a weird accent, and then he like, but like the way that he talks is very deliberately slow in the way that he puts words together. It's very poetic. It's very, very just like over the top and and, good lord. It sounds very Capcom, which I love. (laughs) It's it's unapologetically Capcom. Uh, So he's interesting because he plays way different than any Devil May Cry character in the past ever has. And unlike any character that I've really played before in any of these action games, the most similar would probably be. Uh, near Automata with the um, little like robot thing that like shoots out where it's kind of like a, a shooting game and a like melee oh, based okay. action game at the same time. Um, like a twin stick shooter. So what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Uh, so he doesn't attack at all with himself to do damage. He can only deal killing strikes with his cane. He has two beasts like shadow beasts that fight for him. So his melee attack is a shadow panther oh, so cool. that like shadow comes panther. out and like just fucks people cool. up. And then cool. his projectile attack is this shadow buzzard bird thing Less cool. that that shoots lasers <laughs> out of shadow him buzzard. <laughs> but uh, I hope free to die. die. <laughs> just flying around. But he shoots lasers. The voice of the of the bird is just annoying as fuck. So, it's, it's the so worst. It's so dumb. I'm yeah. Does it sound like a bird? No. no he, it's me... like Iago. It's like Gilbert Godfrey. Yes. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it's, it's bad. Let me see if I can find yeah, something. But uh, so, but the idea here you is that you need to use your combo. V, why aren't you using the shadow snake? <laughs> Honestly, it's like that, man. The whole damn time. Uh, so V kind of just walks around very slowly, nowhere near as fast as the other characters, using these shadows to attack. And they they kind of like he's the most button mashy of all of them. You can kind of just keep going, keep going, okay. keep going because you're just pounding on him. And then V comes in, and you have to use your circle attack with the cane to finish him off for the final blow. You get your devil trigger up. Once you do, you can hit it, use it, and then his when he turns into a demon, he summons this giant Hulk shadow that comes in and fucks everybody up. You, you don't control that though. It, you don't control it. All three of your shadow monsters it. just kind of summon, and they they whoever you're locked onto. <laughs> They attack for you. That sounds very different than the other ones. It is. It's very different, but still fun. Um, 
in battle to get your double trigger to to get up faster, you can hold R1, and he pulls out a book of poetry and slowly walks around the thing reading the poetry. That's awesome. And <laughs> if you, the longer you don't get attacked, like it'll fill your meter That's really cool. quickly. That's cool. It's like it's so, it's so understanding weird. of what it is. Wow. It's just like let's fucking go. And then Dante <laughs> is classic Dante. It's like the best he's ever felt. Um, ridiculous range of weapons, both. Um, with so his guns like dual and with his swords, pistols ebony and ivory are yeah. the, the pistols. They're there, obviously. Um, you get new stuff so video. quickly, and I love him so much because it's systems on systems on systems, but it just feels I mean, that's so great. He is unlike Nero. You can switch weapons on the fly from the get-go, and you totally need to for it to be stylish. You have, let's say, six different guns, six different swords, um, each with their own uh, powers and shit, obviously. But you can be shooting, then you just hit the L2 and it switches to a different gun. You keep shooting like on the fly, super fast, hitting both of them. Just change your swords, change your guns. On top of that, the D-pad has four different styles of fighting where there's mm. trickster, um, swords, swordsmith, gunslayer, and um, royal guard. Royal guard is you can counter. So if you're, it's whatever your circle button does. So if someone attacks you, you can hit it and you counter them. Um, swordslayer adds a different special move to every single sword that you have. Gunslinger does the same for guns, and then Trickster gives you a dodge move. Um, mm. And you're changing, you can change those on the fly as well with yeah, the defense. That's cool. In so the middle Dante, of a combo. In the I'm middle sure. of a combo, yeah. Dante's all about switching your styles, switching your guns, switching your swords, then your double trigger. That gives you a whole thing. It's like you're constantly the, just the, doing different the stuff. The motorcycle is just like it never gets old. And so then there's a motorcycle <laughs> weapon uh, where you which is it counts as a sword. So you can ride in on this motorcycle to attack an enemy, switch to a different sword to slice him. Back up, ride the motorcycle back out, skid around a bit to like make uh, you can, like, like do cloud, donuts around him, do yeah. donuts Smoke on cloud. him, and then you rip the motorcycle <laughs> in half and use what both halves it's as so good like melee weapons. It's like, so like good. Hulk? Yeah, let me find yeah, yeah, it for like you. the Hulk in, uh, in the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, the, yeah, it's awesome. That's cool. So cool. I love this game so much. It is just so ridiculous. Story wise, it's dumb as fuck. Which you'd expect from this yeah. type of thing, but it ends so doesn't well. take itself too. But seriously. it's dumb as fuck in the way you want it to be dumb yes, as fuck, right? Totally, okay, okay. it's, it's dumb meant as to be tongue in cheek, it's, right? It's like, dumb as fuck in an anime way. Mm -hmm. Of it's it's not. Do you want to play it? Yeah, here. bird noise. No, oh, no, I this is she's it. just showing this oh, the motorcycle oh, fight. Like the two giant fists. Wow, jeez, it's very cool. We're watching. <laughs> So the the story is, is dumb as fucking cool in the anime way, and by that I mean yeah. there's no major surprises. Like the the way that this game's built is not for these reveals that are like oh, can I you didn't believe see that coming? Yeah, yeah. It's built on reveals of hype. It's built on reveals of you know it's coming, but when it comes, it's just as fucking good as you thought it was gonna be. Gotcha. Like it reminds me of, and I know you guys aren't gonna get this, but a lot of people at home will. You will. It reminds me a lot of Digimon, where we all knew that Patamon was eventually going to evolve Fuck, into you're Angemon. Kidding me. You're kidding me. Like, I, we knew, I didn't know. We knew it was going to happen, but like it was just so delayed to the moment it did happen. Everyone was like, yes, this is hype as fuck. That, this game is full of that. This but game then is there's Digimon. also moments like no one saw Agumon and Gabumon warp Digivolving, but then they did, and you're like... I think Fran wrote, I, I, fucking Fran think wrote an article that. on IGN that that might happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Digimon yeah. and I was thinking Padme about would all Digimon fucking do. cry, but never mind. Digimon cry. That's what oh, I'll take that. Fran. I'll take that. But no, it's this game I keeps cry. up in the ante, and I feel like every single time that there's a reveal, I'm like, yeah, you did that. Fuck yeah, you did that. Like, it's it makes you feel good, you know, mm -hmm. even though you saw it coming a mile away, but that's not the point. And that's why I think that it, it's a huge success. The only cons uh, that I have for it are I. 
the loading is excessive. Um, every between single level. Between levels? Yeah. Because That's it's the only like, place, not mid-level? Oh, yeah. Mid-level. Once the level, once okay. you're in, you're good. But the problem is between every single level, there's a cutscene and then a, like a menu that allows you to like change up your weapons and stuff. And then it goes in the level. And in between oh, set up and one then of those, you load. it reloads everything. And gotcha. I get it because the game is beautiful. It runs so well and they need that to, to be able for it to work. So it's like, but it's like a 30 second made. load or something probably. But it's annoying. Or, it's really annoying. Is I'm it a like, static screen? Pretty or, much. It's, yeah. Yeah, you see a character it's and it's like tips and you just see the little loading bar. You know, did Wave like, Race teach people nothing <laughs> when it came to GameCube? You could, it was just your reticle and you like waved it around and you just made little waves. But you know what? It gave me something to freaking do. Yeah, this, this definitely doesn't. So the loading. Yeah, if you could get into your customization menu while the level loads, oh God, that would make it right? so much totally, better. Totally, totally. And you can't. Um, so that's, that's really sad. So the loading's annoying. What else? Loading's annoying. The other thing that I really didn't like is um, the use of some of the ancillary characters. Like, there's certain characters, and it's oh, beyond the core they, three. Or yeah, no? yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, it's unfortunate that they all happen to be women because I feel like that is a, a very uh, purposeful thing. Where it's oh. just like, like, why didn't they have anything more to do? Trish and Lady have been like iconic characters in the franchise forever, and mm. in this game, they kind of feel like they're just there to be there because they have to be there. Like props. Uh, they're totally just props. Mm. They it's are, a trope. And, yeah. and it, it, it is a trope. And that's where this game more so than any I feel kind of conflicted on because it's always been that way. And it totally fits the world of the way that they all talk and act. And like the dialogue even the, that the women has is very like it reminds me of Bayonetta in conversations we've had before where it's like she is empowered. She is the one making these choices to dress the way she is and act the way that she does and all that. So it's like that's great. These characters don't always feel like they are are doing that. And especially in this game, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like what they do or don't do is kind of disappointing to me. Mm. Um, it's a very Japanese thing, too. Totally. And, and that's the thing is like culturally, it's like it makes sense in the world that they're building. Rub me the wrong way. I didn't like it. Um, I definitely would want to see more from them because story-wise, Twish, Trish is supposed to be like one of the strongest OP characters in the universe. So it's sad to not see her do more. <laughs> and what she does do is really lame and doesn't really like fit that uh, vibe. Um, I do like that the story is super fan servicey um, from beginning to end where it's like it's giving the people what they want for the most part. Um, including like it makes references to the anime and introduces characters that were in the like 12 episode anime from like 10 years ago. Not in a way that like you need to know, but just like if you do it's know. Cool. It's, like, it's like, oh, that's cool. Like you get a phone call from someone. I'm like. Wow, they really just did that. Like that's that's really a fun nod that you don't need to know otherwise. Um, but yeah, otherwise I really really enjoy it. It's like I don't really have too many uh, critiques. Is it a triple of it. S out of S. I, honestly, I'd, I'd give it that man. Like yeah, it's like, like really Trish, awesome for you. Trish for and Lady is. got totally totally just like sent out to die. But uh, besides that, there was some cool hints and some stuff. I I also wish that there was more DLC coming. Mm. We're getting Bloody Palace, but I wish oh, that we were sure. kind of getting a more fleshed out story mode for a couple characters but my two important questions are the number one thing that has probably played games like this mm -hmm. and has it improved or is it just the same but the camera how is the camera and the z-lock i mean we've struggled with this for decades it's not like it's been bad but has it improved or what can i expect it's the best it's ever been oh wow. is it perfect no but i i feel like in the same way the controls are super customizable the camera is super customizable uh you can go in and it's not just your normal like uh invert the y-axis and stuff like that that's all there, but in addition to that, it's very specific about the the um, Y speed versus X speed, mm. and you can like tinker with that. But on top of that, you yeah. can tinker with how far <laughs> out you are. I was wondering I mean, about like that. Mario so you can pull back out. 
Yeah, oh, that's man. good. Yeah, yeah, because like you might just not see the enemies off screen. Yep. And for some people, they could be annoying. Um, and so if you can control that better or just set it to be farther out. I, I set it so it's view. as far out as possible. So the character's really small on the screen, but that's just how I like yeah, to play. Yeah, then you see like, everything. They, this game is meticulously crafted to be the, the best of yeah. its genre. I, do you feel you have to change that stuff uh, and control the camera? Because that's how I normally judge this stuff, is how much do I have to? Ideally, in a game like this, you don't have to mess with the camera much. It's, to me, it's, it's options. It's the same it's thing. personal it's preference. Yeah, yeah. it's her. It's, like, it's not that the default control scheme's bad, but I definitely wanted to change it. Okay. But that's I would expect that though of this game. It is very fast action, and they kind of they try to keep you on a a plane, but it's not it doesn't work that way, you know, because you got to keep moving around, seeing other people. Um, my yeah. other question was: Are there a lot of like cutscenes and story, and is it like real time? Is it like Resident Evil, or is it cinematic, or what? What can I expect in that every, twelve hours? You know, is it every single level has a cutscene that starts and ends it? Are they highly like directed? They're though? awesome. They're beautiful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it's not just like. Real world camera. Yes, I've done it. It's like no, a lot more good. like cinematic. Well, it's already like Resident Evil. It's yeah. already so they did that yeah, level yeah, yeah. of like it's custom animated. I mean, like somebody not. somebody posted a a video comparing um, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which is the CG movie yeah. they made mm -hmm. back in the day, which was oh, God. stunning for that. CG. Right? Not Spirits not of Them. No, no. Uh, Spirits of Them was garbage. The the Final Fantasy VII movie that was like yeah. Which awesome. one was the first CG one in theaters? Spirits was Spirits. Oh, okay, then I'm forgetting. That was bad. But it was bad, but it was pretty. Back then, it, it was, was actually for what it was. For what it was, I remember okay. watching it in theaters. Children, right. children was pretty angry, for, and like for what it was at a time when CG was mature enough for gotcha. that to matter. And this game looks like that in engine. Like wow. it's awesome. it's insane. Cool. And RE engine is. I'm looking beautiful. forward to that then, actually, because it's something we haven't. Like actually, DMC had uh, a little bit of that, I'd say, um, but not like from DMC four. I don't remember, obviously. I don't remember it having anything like that. DMC4 was all in-game, but it didn't Exactly. Like, it might just have, like, some cut scenes and, and Dante walking and talking, but it was very much right then. Yeah, this is more static very, very versus, cool. like, really custom um, camera and, and everything. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Crank those PC settings, baby. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right, next up, Days Gone. You two got to play a little bit of this at a preview event. A while back. You got back invited now. to the wedding. I can't wait to hear about this. Let me pull we, got my notes. we got invited to the wedding. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we got to go play, what, you did five hours, Andrew? I think I did four because I got there late. And it was from Boo. the beginning of the game and then a whole bunch more. You could go in any direction you wanted to go do whatever you wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I'd come into it, like I talked about, at Judges Week, getting that first time to play it. And obviously, knowing uh, the pedigree of Sony Bend, I'd been like, oh, man, we had been waiting for a game from them for a long, long time, right? So come? No, it? Golden Abyss. Oh, uh, you're, you're thinking a zipper. Uh, it, they did a resistance one too. It, oh, it was, yeah. They're known for Siphon Filter, that resistance uh, on, okay. on uh, PSP, and then Uncharted Golden Abyss on Vita. Ah. And then after Golden Abyss, they moved over to Days Gone. I've been working on it ever since, and it's been quiet for a long time. Obviously, the E3, two, two E3s ago, where they had the actual coming out party, the trailer that opened and then closed uh, the PlayStation press conference. We all walked away like, okay, and then even seeing it later, it was like, okay, is this just another zombie game? What are we getting into? Uh, playing at Judges Week was dropping us into the open world to run around. This is after the Game Informer pieces had started to drop for their stuff. And I was like, okay, I remember leaving and being like, this is an environment I want to know more about, but I don't know overall how it's going to be. Uh, starting and playing for four hours, it's, mo it's probably, I mean, with the, it can't compete with The Division, obviously, but it's towards the top of my most anticipated games. They of the start year. you at the beginning, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, you get to see where we it all We saw the opening cutscenes. And, and I mean, the like easiest, that, yeah. and I mean, I'm, you know, I, the, obviously everybody's talking about it right now uh, because the embargo just came up. But 
it is very much if you watch Sons of Anarchy, it is Sons of Anarchy mashed up with your favorite zombie apocalypse thing, right? Whether you want to reference uh, Last of Us or you want to reference uh, Walking Dead or whatever you want to do. Of course, technically, I know, yes, they're freakers. They're not zombies. They're not dead. They are people that are infected and have lost or like cannibals and rabid and feral. And the reason why that's important is because you don't have to headshot them to kill them. And that really plays into the combat system much later on, especially when you bring in the horde mechanics, yeah. which is the highlight of this game. Yeah. Uh, I loved the opening of it. I thought it did a great job of without... It's not even, and I'm not spoiling anything, right? Uh, you start, and the the outbreak has already started happened. Like shit's falling apart. It's going south. It's going sideways, and you're dropped into the role of deacon. And I think as somebody who watched Sons of Anarchy and enjoyed Sons of Anarchy for the majority of it, maybe even not the majority of it, but enjoyed Sons of Anarchy, right? Immediately, just from the way he interacts with his uh, motorcycle club brother, I'm like, I get it. I get who he is, and I get who everybody is here in the archetypal thing, right? I see the relationship Deacon has with his uh, wife, Sarah. I see how this is going on. And then, you know, we do the time jump into the apocalypse has been going now. Days gone. You know, when you pause, it tells you how many days are gone. Oh, like, how many days since I have gone. The so. first time I paused, it was 735 days gone. So we're like two years right. plus into the since future. It, since, since everything went to shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, did you say they are undead or they're not undead? They are not undead. They not are. Undead. It's, like, it's like I am legend. It's like gotcha. I am legend. They're, they're, they've been, okay. something's happened you know there's a virus or whatever that's turned them into a bunch of weirdos but they still need to eat and they can be killed yeah as Andrea's saying just by bleeding out it doesn't have to be like a headshot thing or anything like that okay. and so yeah it's an open world uh, motorcycle zombie game in Oregon which I like I mm -hmm. you know my thing away my my fears from the not even fears I guess my concerns skepticism, skepticism from Judges Week right where I was like world seems cool I don't know anything else about it. I don't like the world is still very cool. I enjoyed just exploring and fucking off and going after different side ops or missions. Uh, I loved the cutscenes. I did. I love the character of Deacon so far. I think he's super interesting. And I, I know Shire put up, you know, I was talking to him uh, through DMS leading up to embargo about it. of just like, he's like, and what he put out is like, it's kind of like, triple a game or open world triple a open world game the game like it's like everything you'd expect from an open world triple a game is there and like so, so many people have wrestled with that in a way i think where a lot of the previews are coming from an honest place i think of i didn't expect much from this game and i'm leaving it actually like this is going to be a fun game this is going to be a great game maybe uh, i think it's going to be a great game based on what we played i thought the gameplay was really really good i thought the story was really cool i think the performances are great like uh, uh this is not spoilery right like if you've paid uh, paid attention to days gone at all you know from the literally the opening stuff they showed us at E3 it's a, it was about him and his girlfriend or it turned out to be wife because of the invitations and the wedding stuff Spoilers. that went out right but she's dead it's or, not she's gone or whatever, right? It's a public trailer, friend. Uh, and so, like, seeing Deacon wrestle with that, of her being gone, the decisions he made, and then we get to, like, flashback. I don't, I'm sure you got there, but the first time they met, like, how they met and what that, and, like, it's beautifully acted. It's beautifully animated. It's Sam Witwer uh, as Deacon, obviously. Oh, wow. Star Wars, uh, friend of the show, obviously, there, uh, Star Killer in The Force Unleashed. And then it's as his uh, girlfriend slash wife, Sarah, is uh, Courtney Draper from Bioshock Infinite. Oh, from and New it was Jersey. Huh? The Disney Channel show, the jersey. My apologies. From wore the, the magic jersey, sure. you'd become the Mine, of course. <laughs> lest we forget mm -hmm. her biggest IMDb credit, right? And I think that's, oh, no, I think that's worth mentioning. Um, is Because when I sat down with John Garvin, the creative director, we talked about the cutscenes and how much they learned from Naughty Dog when they were working with them on Uncharted Golden Abyss and how they worked with their actors to really get maximum performance in those motion capture sessions and how they really refined the way that they animated 
animate cutscenes because of the work they yep. did on Uncharted. And that definitely shows here. Huh. And a lot of the inspiration like in the gameplay you can tell is coming from their work on Uncharted, and that's a good thing. I don't want to say it like yeah, feels I like copycat or samey, but like I think that that's a fantastic, fantastic thing, particularly because this is a PlayStation exclusive, right? And like those teams should be talking to each other and sharing knowledge because clearly Naughty Dog is at the top of the food chain for quality in video games, right? And so if they were able to give some lessons learned, I think it's awesome. And so the thing that Greg was referencing about the flashback was part of the storyline features in the game, and the storylines. Are, the way that I was explaining it uh, on what's good is imagine the storyline feature being like a horizontal bar and then dropping down from the horizontal bar, these individual bars that are the side quest lines. And so you'll go down an individual storyline like the one with Sarah is called I Remember and it takes you through all these flashback missions where it shows how Deacon and Sarah got to know each other and first met and how they ultimately I'm guessing at some point down the road we see like what leads to them getting married in the trailer um, and then those individual stories storylines connect back to the through line, that horizontal bar at the top. And I thought it was a really interesting way for them to connect the side quests in an open world yeah. because a lot of times when you get these open world games, it's just like a mishmash in the menu of the quest system and of like where you're supposed to go. You don't really get yeah. how these individual side quests or fetch quests or whatever you're doing kind of tie back to mm. the main overarching narrative through line and I thought that that was really well done yeah their menu I think is super slick and yeah, really well done in terms of on the touchpad jumping in and then stick with me you know how in every zombie movie or also just in real disasters you get that X that then has like stuff written in the different quadrants that are there. It was a big thing in Last of Us, I think, on the walls, whatever. Doesn't matter. Mm. They have uh, it here, right? And it's going up to your skills. It's going over to your map. It's going over to your stories. And like, yeah, you go to the storyline and stuff, and you have your mission objectives. But then you have the big overarching like things and how what percentage you're through on that. Let alone then your skills, what you're doing with your weapons, your inventory. I love that they put the percentage on each individual storyline to say you, you've completed this one 11%. You yeah. have this one 37%. So you know exactly where you're at in mm -hmm. that storyline. And so many times games don't tell you. you know, you're that. like, do I have like five more steps in this quest? Or, or do, is, this, is this it? Is this the last step? So I, I thought that that was a nice touch. And I really love the way that they use the DualShock 4. Mm -hmm. In the system that Greg's describing, you can just literally swipe up, down, left, or right on the touchpad to navigate the menu system Ooh. and it's a small little thing is it necessary no is it really cool and well executed yes awesome. and i think that but, that's the I'm main sorry. takeaway for for the criticism on maybe it's not a criticism but the way that i was reading a lot of the preview coverage this week and uh, so many people were referring to the systems in the game as like a like a hodgepodge of open world mechanics and i was like yeah but they don't need to reinvent the wheel when making sure. an open world game as long as what they're doing is highly polished and everything I played in the demo felt really polished and like somebody thought of it. That, that's my biggest thing is what I liked about it was and I understand I totally get when people with low expectations or any no expectations whatever are coming in to be like oh yeah well it's like it's doing a whole bunch of other stuff other things are doing that's great. It's doing them with so much quality of life focused on it, right? Uh, in the same way I talk, you know, about the games of service, like Fran and Andrea know more than me, right? I always talk, we did a games daily question, like, what are you an expert at that, Greg? And I was like, I think open world story games, third person, like, right? Uh, when I walked up to for the first thing and there was a whole bunch of shit to loot and I tapped the button and he looted it all, I was like, yes, 
I like I love Assassin's Creed, right? It was, I hate like, walking such a, around like, and like such a free looting every little thing or even having to hold trying to loot a bigger thing. It's like just mm. you know what I'm here for. Give yeah, me everything. Yeah, you and, pick it all up at once. And that was my concern, right, with like when they were like, Oh, the motorcycle's a character in the game, right? Mm. You're gonna have to get gear, you know, collect gear and uh, or rummage, salvage for gear that then can fix its health bar, but then you also need to have a gas bar. And at on top level you hear that and you're like, that sounds like that could be really fucking slow me down and be boring. But instead what I found it to be was it just added to what I was doing on a moment to moment. Where I am driving and I'm like, I got 75%. Oh, there's a gas tank. I should why not? Why not pull over? There's a tow truck there, there's a gas station there. And then it would be that you roll up and for me, you know, as a huge zombie fan. State of Decay, what I loved was, cool, I got my base of operations, let's go out a little bit further, a little bit further, you know, and keep clearing every house, clearing every house. And so, again, the choices they're giving you in this game on how to play things, you can run in there and you can use all your guns and you gun blazing, right? But it's got a great stealth system, and so I was stealthing my way through so much and to the point of, it's a demo, I have a limited amount of time with it, my save doesn't carry over, but it was, all right, cool, get over there, and I, I was uh, one of the things, I think I had to get uh, something to fix a motorhome, I don't even remember, but get over there and get some thing from the garage. And I was like, cool, there's four buildings. There's a fuel I, pump. I gotta clear yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. I gotta clear out everything from every one of these buildings. And you but like to slink over, come in there, find something, come over, stealth kill it in the back of the head, rummage around, find little notes, get all these see the gears filling in. There's no you can't get encumbered, you can only hold so much. Crafting is super simple, just like it was in Last of Us, right? Awesome. Of like, oh cool, do this. Just got him. The made weapon it all. wheel is really well designed as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, How as, easy is it to play this game just Critical path. I just want the story. So John said the critical path is about 30 hours long and about 20% of that is these cutscenes. And the way that they do the story wow. is you drop in and out of the cutscenes within the open world. And the loading screens were very minimal in our playthrough. And he said that they're even optimizing it more. So yeah, that was be one of even my, shorter and fewer load screens. One of my only notes was out. there was like awkward. I thought there was these weird dark screens sometimes between cutscenes and gameplay, but that I'm playing pre-release code and everything else. I assume that won't be there. Yeah, so you can just do the critical path, but the problem is you are going to want to do some of the side content because it's going to make you more powerful. So the progression system is something that's incredibly important to the combat of the Mm -hmm. world, and you're going to be in combat all the time. You know, it's like a post-apocalyptic world. There's not only the freakers and the hordes, but of course there's multiple human factions as well. And the human factions are, I would say, more difficult to fight than the freakers are. Mm -hmm. Sure, Um, you can stay out of their way, right? The freakers, you can you can. can you can sulk around, get them around, and get out of it. You yeah. can distract them, send them somewhere else. But the humans, like they, smarter, they so. spot you yeah. instantly. You can, like, was, you have to be really good with yourself. And that was the thing, you know what I mean? Again, to borrow from what people are saying in terms of like, oh, well, it's every open world game, right? Yeah, I'm going in, like I had to clear out the tower, right, to go up to get something and then come back down. And it was the idea of I got up there and I knew that more people were going to come back. Sure enough, you know, reinforcements came, but. The combat there, that loop was so much fun. Of it when I was hiding and taking my quietly, then when they did figure it out and I ran, when it was that, okay, let's just go, and I ran down there and shot him and like chased him into cover and stuff like that. Let alone the bigger things when I'd run into another group that I wanted to fight, and then, okay, there, I knew that I'd passed a horde a second ago, drive over, get their attention, bring them back so they had to deal with the freakers while I did something else or ran around. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of uh, customization into how you want to do moment-to-moment battles, right? And I really, and I talked about it in the E3 preview, and I definitely double down on it now. 
how great the encampments are that you're dealing with the I'm factions. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, I was just going to mention the encampments. So when we were playing our demo, we got to see two different encampments. We started at this place called Copeland's Camp. And so each camp has ven- like vendors and you can turn in bounties. There's usually a, a weapons vendor and then there's like a specialty vendor. And so in the first camp, uh, you meet Manny, who is a bike mechanic. And so you want to be friends with Manny if you're planning to do all of the upgrades for your bike and you want to make sure your bike is maxed out. But then in the next camp, the specialty vendor was a weapons person. So in the first camp, while you could still buy limited weapon items, you could get really cool specialty and more in-depth menu options from the weapons guy in the second camp because that was his specialty. Each of these different encampments are going to have a different specialist mm-hmm. and that's what's going to incentivize you to build trust with different encampments places. depending on how you want to play your progression. And that's the idea, right? So that you don't well. ha- exactly, you don't have to sit in and try to max out every camp if you don't care about X. You know what yeah, I mean? You yeah, go yeah. to the ones you want and you actually invest your reputation in there because that's the deal, right? Where it's your reputation, system, yeah. the trust goes up, you get access to cooler shit. Hmm. And like, oh God. This is a big question, but hear me out for a second. Sony first parties right now killing the Garb- game, oh, right? We, we like there was a, a <laughs> new level of quality that we're seeing from things like Naughty Dog, from sure. things like Horizon, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, in, this yeah, game in a lot yeah. of ways looks like Last of Us Horizon had a baby. Is that true? I don't think it's completely wrong. I Again, I would say Sons of Anarchy made a zombie game, or I would say uh, the world that I love so much of Odyssey meets a, a, a zombie game, right? And with motorcycles, right? Because there is that, even that same thing. I saw somebody, I was reading somebody's preview today, and they were talking about how, like, well, you have to fix the motorcycles because, you know, you can't call them like a horse to come find you anytime. You have to keep your, you know, if you if it breaks down somewhere, you got to go back to it. You can't call it. Similar like when Phobos dies in Odyssey, I'll wait 10 minutes and I'll be back. It's no big deal. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it's Last of Us in the way that it's zombies and it's bleak, right? But it's not because I don't think the gameplay is... Last of Us is I'm going to conserve every bullet. And now granted, I played conservatively with my ammo in this one as well, but it still felt more actiony. I still didn't feel like I was being penalized for shooting or doing anything that way. I do think it's more the... like When I, when I came home and was talking to Jen about it, right? I was like... Uh, like I can see myself getting lost in this game the way I got lost in Odyssey that I want to do everything and see everything and talk to everyone and I do just want to wander around like you know Deacon goes and there's question marks that pop up as he goes and it's not question marks like in Odyssey if like that's something to discover it's like that's something his Deacon like you know mountain man sense is picking up and you can go over there it could be an ambush it could be it could be a cache it could be this but it's something else to keep you engaged in that moment of what you're going to go do. And unlike Greg, sorry, I know you're going to ask something. I have no desire to play zombie games. Like, it's just not my thing. I vividly remember when this was announced, I was working with IGN doing Access, and it was Goldfarb and I doing the, like, post-show commentary. And I was like, it's another zombie game. Just like, I rolled, I could care less. And that's why I had tweeted that I went into this skeptical even after playing it at Judges Week because, like, I had nothing invested in Deacon as a character and then after I got to spend you know several hours with the game and had got to see the wedding trailer and really got a better snapshot of what the narrative is going to be and who Deacon is and how they're going to build that narrative in this world I was much more intrigued because I actually feel like I could get invested in his story and what happened to him and the thing that I asked John in, in my interview with him was about the days gone in the pause menu, the 738 days gone. Over two. Over uh, two. Kingdom Hearts, Joe. Oh. Keep going. Um, yes. Oh, yes. Over two. Um, and the, the idea that, you know, are we, is it, 
a theme of like constantly looking back or are they going to have something to hope for? And like, where does that story go? Where does it begin and how does it ultimately end? And he said there is a very definitive beginning, middle and end to this story, which I appreciate that it's not going to be like this, like ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And how you get to that story is going to be through you know, kind of player discovery and player choice. And I really love the way that they are blending narrative in an open world because it can be super challenging to do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, it's, I'm, can't wait. I do want to bring up something. You said you wanted to talk about it. You didn't bring it up. So I, on Games Daily, when the embargo lifted, I mentioned uh, whoever I was with, uh, Gary. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the embargo's up. And one of the things I pointed out is that. I, you know, I left it and I was like, man, I didn't want to leave this game. I have so many questions for the narrative that I want to see answered. But I was like, I want to play. I went home and I put back in Odyssey, of course. And I did have this moment of playing Odyssey where I went, oof. I didn't even think about how good Days Gone looked. Like yeah. Days Gone looks beautiful. And like, again, it's the, it's the, hey, I think it's a smaller map than Odyssey. Definitely hey, smaller. it's, we're developing for one platform. Hey, it's all, but it still is the thing of like. Lighting looks good in trees too. Like that's the thing is I feel like there's a lot of. Like tricks going on. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. The trees, you got the snow, you got. There's a lot of things where I'm like, there's. This game has a lot of opportunities to. Yeah, Oregon's actually beautiful. I love that it's set there. It's not like a popular place to think about, but um, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I have processed, but I have a big question for you. I've processed unexpected things. I didn't (laughs) expect maybe the polish. Believe it or not, um, just because of the history of the studio. Because Eric Jensen. What? Because of Eric Jensen. Because of Eric Jensen. He's head of the studio, right? No, he's yeah. he's a Podcast Beyond fan for oh. years and years oh, okay. and years. And so right. we always talk shit when Tony <laughs> Ben comes up to him. Uh, who is the head of the studio? Dude? John Garvin. John Garvin. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Clearly, I don't remember anything about the studio other than now Golden Abyss is coming back and stuff. So anyway, I understand that's looking amazing. Um, the story thing surprised me. I was like, oh, yeah, right? really? It's got like this weave of this deep story. I would love to see that um, in a game like this. So I'm excited about that. And I kind of understand the world progression because I've played games like this. Sure. I'm like, okay, you sneak around. You get and your idea. Yeah. Get stuff. But what I don't understand is what the game is. And so sure. I'm still a little lost on, is it a little Metal Gear focused of sneaky, 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 don't get found? Or I know you could play, you know, five any way you wanted, really. But you get my point. Do you shoot a lot? Because Last of Us, you know, is is obviously much more up close. Very different game than this, sure. I imagine. So, we're, yeah, what is That's it? a great question. I actually, at, the first question I asked John in our interview was, it feels like this game has an identity crisis because I don't know what this game is. Can you explain, like, how would you define what this but game that is? That could be the, good. No, but I mean, what do I do? You know, right, I know no, what you're so, getting at. So but. the point is, is that you're not alone, right? Like, it's very obvious. This game is like, what is this game? Um, I think it's a. I don't remember, remember the exact words he used to describe it, but stealth is incredibly important. But it's not like Metal Gear. Would you think that, that say that's fair? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you can be much more action focused if you decide that's the progression you want to invest in within the progression system. Mm. But if it, if you decide, hey, I want to put my points and my upgrades into other things, then maybe you have to be more stealthy. It's it's you know? very, and I don't know how, I forget how much you played. I, I And I'm not trying to be uh, uh, reductive here or, you know, uh, flippant. It's Odyssey, but instead of hand-to-hand yeah, weapons, right. it's guns, and instead of a horse, it's a motorcycle. So how is you can't stealth in and fight different stuff. than Horizon, different than this? Because to me, everything I'm seeing in this, I feel like it's it's Horizon. Good point. Because like closer, Horizon does have the stealth and closer does have to Horizon the, than it is to Odyssey. I would say, and I would say it's even probably closer to Last of Us than it is to Horizon. Um, but the open world, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> is there the scaling part of it? Like, yeah. Uh, 
Obviously, there yeah. are open really? world sections of Last of Us, but it feels a little bit more linear yeah. than than this game is. This game is a true open world game. You can like go anywhere and see things. Obviously, you're restricted by the the gasoline. I feel like the reason I still think it's closer to Odyssey than uh, uh, Horizon. Thank you very much. Is that I just felt Horizon never. I got I got shoehorned. Or I don't feel like when I was approaching Horizon, it wasn't I'm gonna do it one way or the other. Whereas with Odyssey, I, the way I played at least is I, all my points are an assassin, so I can go in there and I can just fuck you up if I want to. But I can also sulk in the bushes and quietly take you all out one by one by one, and then it pops up that you know the place is clear. And that's how I, I this I played this one. What it was, Deacon sulking in the bushes, not doing anything. So you're referencing just the progression system in correct. Odyssey. And I'm talking okay. about yeah, how you engage in a in, in a combat situation and how you're putting out your upgrades. That's is fair. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, Odyssey was: Are you an assassin? Are you a warrior? Are you Kevin's not over there helping me on the other one? Archer. Yeah. So you can like upgrade your magazine sizes. Like, so if you don't want to use the hordes um, against other enemies, if you want to fight the hordes and clear them out and help make. The world, the world safer. You can do that, <laughs> but it means you have to invest a lot of points into your weapons upgrades and into your like health upgrades, so that way you can be in the thick of it and be in combat and not die. But or if you want to stealth it, you know, and kind of use the hordes as a tool, you can do that as well. Mm. So there are like lots of different options to play, and we clearly, you know, we don't know what the total through line of the progression sure. is going to be. We didn't play enough of the game. Five hours and like a yeah. what appears to be like a fifty-hour game is. I'm you know, most not much. excited by the fact that you guys. Are Making it seem, and I know that they announced the cutscene runtime was something ridiculous, like six hours or something like that. Yeah, I just twenty percent of the thirty-hour. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's insane. But like that fact combined with what you're saying of like the through line with the side quests actually building into this, like I love that this that that's what to me the Last of Us Horizon comparison comes where it's like Last of Us the story is what matters the most. Sure. Horizon, like my biggest problem with Horizon was I felt like the story never got great. Because it all, I always felt distracted. Hard to disagree, but that's I a conversation like, for another time. <laughs> I always, but I always felt like it was like there was a narrative, and like it was, it was, it was good. But I always felt like they were they were trying to pull me away from it. To, no, to this do one, this one, stuff. everything you're doing is building towards and that. that. that and is bringing it back the way he speaks or talks and what he does, right? And I feel like, you know, the big mission of going to like the FEMA camp, right, or the, one mm-hmm. of the big missions of it. No spoilers of what happens there. Like when that was happening, I was like, "Fuck, this is awesome!" And then to get there and be like, "What's in his head?" And again, even the little bit we played, like the narrative just makes sense. Of like, "All right, cool. Him and his buddy are gonna get out of here. They've had enough. They're gonna go north to start their own. Okay, this thing happens. The bike gets broken down. He's got to earn enough to get the bike great again. So he's doing these things. Then you start doing your reputation. And then it starts spiraling out of what you're doing. And it's really, really, really well done. I I'm can't excited. wait. April, April twenty sixth. Gameplay now online. Oh yeah, Fran. You know, if okay. you go to YouTube.com, uh, yeah, I was good a games, I have a twenty minute preview Just, with oh, brand new gameplay. That I will do. Where is it again? Anyway? It's YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. I will oh, check man. that out. So there's gameplay. <laughs> That's what I'm struggling. I, I'm very much as you all know. I'm so focused on gameplay, whatever friction between your feet and the way the gun plays or whatever. So I'm still missing that. Um, but I think watching it is going to make more sure. sense because uh, I understand all the other stuff now, which is great. But if you like um, gameplay, Fran. I'm, I'm all Devil about that gameplay, baby. baby. <laughs> oh, I'm playing it. I'm right, playing the last it. thing I want to say about Devil May Cry, because you brought up the quality Smooth. of life stuff, and I forgot yeah, to yeah. say this, and I think it's really important, is the quality of life choices they made in DMC are so good. One of my favorites being that everything that you buy to, like, every blue orb that you get that increases your life, or the, uh, when your Devil Trigger gauge uh, gets bigger from different purple blue orbs orb. you get, every upgrade that you get that's not character-specific, so, like, not specific moves, is for all three of your characters. Oh, so it's awesome. Like, oh, there's okay. not this like so this cross character like, like that. yeah, and it's just like, like thank you because like there's no point in your your life bar getting bigger for one of your characters and then having to redo Start it for another. It's just like. Mm. 
God, I want more games to do that that have multiple characters because awesome. I, I haven't seen that done before. So that's awesome. Before we get to our next thing, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by Quip. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brush our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly. Trust me, until Quip, I was doing it all wrong. I thought I was doing it long enough. Once I used the Quip with the two-minute timer and it uh, every 30 seconds gives me the different quadrants, I was like, wow, I was a severely, severely underbrushing. Uh, your oral health is important, and with the Quip Electric Toothbrush, sticking to good habits is simple. There's a sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. Uh, Multi-use cover works as a stand, mounts to mirrors, and slides over the bristles to pack and protect your quip on the go. I've used this in all of those fashions, and it works so great, so simply. We travel a lot, so that's a huge plus for us. Very sleek design for the brush, and then you just pop off the bottom. Use it as a top, and it's great. Uh, Nick and Gia have been using theirs for a long time. They love them just like I love mine. Uh, it's great to not have to ever think about going out and buying new toothbrush, bleh, toothbrushes or toothpaste. They just send them to you when it's needed. That's why we love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com KF right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getq uip.com slash kf i forgot we don't really do i'm still gonna fill everybody's water <laughs> you don't have to yeah. yeah hold on i need to yeah. do a time can you the croy me thank you i have to go i have to go to the bathroom sure which one do you want lime please Ooh, i'll take Limes. one of those two please oh yeah Thanks, Greg. Um, barrett hold on okay barrett's doing some stuff yeah you're reading your ad after this. people yes, are gotcha. um have been in the comments talking about time codes and okay. so I'm trying a new way of trying to take down time codes, but that means I need to do two sets of different time codes. Gotcha. So I appreciate like, the hustle. Yeah. Doing a lot of things. You ready now? Yeah, let's do it. You played a little game. I did. What'd you play? I played uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, I can't believe that. What? It's just like finally, like <laughs> meaning I've been excited uh, to hear more about it. It's mm, obviously coming out mm. very soon now, March 22nd, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I, Would you have wanted to play? Oh, I do want to play, despite the fact that I still have not really played Dark Souls. Like, I played Demon Souls, but Both yeah, next time around. But I'm I can't wait to hear from from Barrett on this. I one. didn't go to this preview event because first off, I just didn't have time to make it down there. But I was so scarred by being teased mercilessly by the team from Fun Software with how bad I played in the first preview <laughs> event that I was like, I don't need your judgment. I will oh, play man. in a room by myself. <laughs> Ouch! Listen, uh, that like, game is hard, right, Barrett? It is, and I feel your pain on not being able to play well. I feel like. Uh, all the people who uh, went down, um, Activision paid paid for me to fly down there and stuff, uh, just to let y'all know, be transparency. Yep. Disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. Chill. Um, I feel like I was the worst, uh, the the worst one in the room playing, but at least the people there didn't. I don't feel like we're shaming anybody, Thank you, sir. so I didn't have uh, the f the yeah, full brunt that Andrea up. did. Um, but yeah, that game is super fun though. Uh, and to give context, like uh, I'm not a huge Souls guy. I had to play a lot of like Dark Soulsy type stuff for uh, IGN for gameplay videos. Mm -hmm. Never heard so of that it. was like my kind of entryway into those types of games. And the more and more I had to play, the more and more I started to appreciate and like understand the kind of, for want of a better word, like the science behind those games. And the. Go. 
What's going on? Keep going. Fran's got to go to the bathroom, but he won't go to the bathroom. But he's going to keep talking about it. Just go to the bathroom. Can I get Fran, just go to the bathroom. After he poured that LaCroix, I'm like, I can't. And understanding those games a little more, I appreciate like going doing that before playing Sekiro. Because the pace to this game, I feel like, is okay, way Bear different. Come sit here. Bear, come sit here. Come sit where okay. Fran is. You want me to go listen? I'll go listen. Okay. <laughs> hey, have fun with us. Come sit here. Did you play Neo at all? I did have to play Neo. I okay. did have to play Neo for, for work. So I played Neo for as long as I could muster because okay. I'm not good at these games. Right. Uh, and I do prefer the more arcadey, Devil May Cry style mm, stuff. Mm. But, and I've also never played Bloodborne, never played any of the Dark Souls games. Right. A lot of people recently have been like, Tim, you need to play Sekiro. Like, yeah. this is definitely a lot faster paced and a lot less unforgiving. Is that true? I don't think it's less unforgiving. That's, I think that's a bold face lie. <laughs> I, I think it's difficult in a different way, but I think the... The thing with Dark Souls is you have to get into the right mindset of like kind of the slow pace of it. So if you understand that, I don't think it's as difficult as people make it out to be. And so with this, with Sekiro, I'm a little like you where I like Souls games and I appreciate them, but I just, I, it's hard for me to understand and to like get into the rhythm of like, all right, let's hit this guy like three times and then wait like 30 minutes and then hit him again twice and stuff. Uh, so this was definitely more my pace, but it's still really difficult um i was i i had spent a good i think hour trying to fight just a mini boss and it wasn't but it wasn't to the point where like i was like fuck this game like i'm out of here it was like it was it got a little frustrating and then i beat him and then it was like one of the most satisfying things i've done in full transparency yeah you also beat cuphead I did beat Cuphead. I, I did. So you I hate also, yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I also got black and white mode in that game, and that that is just the worst. Yeah. Also had to do that for IGN. Shout out. Um, and so training ground. <laughs> and so yeah, this game is at a different pace, and there's a different like. There's a new verticality to it than I've experienced in the little zip line. Thing, yeah, you right? got the little grapple I've, hook. Yeah, yeah you arm. have the little grapple hook arm uh, that you get, uh, I think, pretty early on in the game. And it adds like a new element of how you can tackle situations where I felt like my minimal experience with, you know, like I've only played these games for, for work a couple hours and then have to move on to another game. But like, my like impressions of some of these games like all right you kind of you're getting funneled through something and you have to like try to barrel through it as much as you can and the added verticality lets you in a way like decide like how do i want to tackle this finally um at least it made me feel more like that and on a level that i could think of it seemed to me that was the big thing is that yep. adding mobility yeah. beyond you know what they've done in the past by just being able to do it is a big step for these games it's really what cool little i've played you know and understand about it so i think That'll be interesting because they are so hardcore. Right. Sounds like they're still very hardcore. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> maybe this extra mobility will, you know, bring in more players. Well, it brings in another wrinkle to the stealth system, mm -hmm. which I think is a key focus of Securo Shadows Die Twice, is that you don't ever want to go in guns blazing to any no. of those battles. You will get overwhelmed instantly. Because so, you think you see like all of the enemies in the area. It'll don't. be like three <laughs> it'll be three enemies and then it'll be like fifteen the come out and you're like, wow. oh no. <laughs> um and like the the combat they definitely changed up a little bit this time around. Like it's uh they're not you're not focused on like getting new gear the entire game like I think the the one sword you have is just the same sword that you have the entire game and then it's your weird 
bionic are, arm thing. Yeah, that you can change into different types of weapons. Uh, I think they've got like a. There's definitely like the the hook, and then there's a weird little gun dude. I think that you can attach to it, and those you can find throughout the world. But those, I think there's maybe like a total of four or five that they showed us, um, and so. Yeah, your set is pretty much stayed there, unlike other Souls games. And the thing that you're really trying to build up throughout the game is that there's actually um, uh, skill trees now, and so you're you're really focusing on like, oh, I want this ability and this ability instead of focusing on like a trait and moving it up like from five to six, uh, which mm-hmm. I thought was they they were really like, hey, like this is like a kind of big yeah, change in pace for this type of game that we've made. So. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I didn't get super into it because I was still also just trying to beat some pretty yeah. simple enemies. How, how is the, the respawning though? Where, like, do you feel like it's fair of like how quickly, like wherever you die, do you mm. respawn close to that, or is the checkpoint super far away? I feel like the checkpoint system actually wasn't too bad. No, it didn't seem too brutal. Like, there's these little like idols that you pray to, and then there, there's a, a potion system now, um, and so that certainly helps a lot more to keep you in the battle longer. Right. But if you do end up dying which you will frequently yes um i didn't feel like i had to go too much farther back as far as traversal goes but the tough part is the stealth element like i vividly remember in my playthrough i also got stuck at a mini boss but in order to get to the mini boss i had to like that troll guy with the the no big door on his back or whatever no he's he's a pain in the neck no it was the guy after him (laughs) Um, and so once you get through there you you then have to take out all those people in stealth every time. Mm-hmm. And so that to me was really frustrating that I couldn't just go straight to the boss. the boss fight. I had to like kind of take out the henchmen along the way. Yep. And you can't do it quickly because then the problem happens like we were just discussing that then they overwhelm you and then you mm-hmm. die quicker and then you burn all your potions and then it's like, well, yep. now I'm dead again. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the, uh, the death system in this is really interesting as well because... If you die, you lose half of what you have. Um, and I think that's like experience points that you haven't spent yet or so, something yeah, like, like that. Kind of or like, so the like currency. how you collected souls. There's still some of that. Like, yeah. Do you collect anything like souls in this game? Uh, no. Not really, but you do get experience for like taking down enemies. Like, and can stuff. you go back to get it when you die or no? Like, I don't you could, think so. Yeah, I think I it, I think it's it gone. Um, and then mm. there's also there there's another system of like if you die a certain amount of times, it starts to uh, affect you personally. Like you get this curse put on you, and then you don't get. Um, like a certain like buff every once in a while. And so mm-hmm. even though like the kind of respawning and like dying mechanic, I feel like it's a little more forgiving of how frequent you can do and like how mm-hmm. frequent the checkpoints are. They kind of balance it out of like, okay, you're dying a lot here. Like we're going to put this thing on you that's going to take you down just a little bit to try to encourage you to take your time and focus this time around and beat this enemy, like the actually. the opposite of a Nintendo game. Yeah. yeah. So They're they, going to make it harder because you've been <laughs> fudging it well, up. Well, I mean, but like so from cool. software games are notorious for really wanting you to play it the way that they want you to play it. And that's right. why they have a cult following of fans because it does really take you learning the the patterns of the enemies, right? right? And that's why these games just never have been for me. I much prefer the crazy flashy combat of Devil May Cry where I can like feel super powerful instead of like the almost like analytical mm-hmm. way you have to approach the fights in mm-hmm. in from software games. I mean, but the game is 
beautiful. It's gorgeous. And that oh, yeah. really was the only hook for me because <laughs> I knew how punishing it was going to be. And right. I, like the, the art direction in this game is really phenomenal. Um, but I, I know that this is going to be a game that I probably don't play because like it's just it makes me want to pull my hair out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to give this one a shot. I think you should. I want to give I it think, an hour, see how yeah. it plays. Because my thing is like I I love Cuphead. I love this kind of the analytical but on a 2D yeah. boss fight level. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I nice love Devil May Cry yeah. and things like that. This yeah. kind of feels like it could be a, a mix of those a things. A cool combination of the two. But yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know enough about DMC one, to, to, we'll to really say that. I think this is a good jumping on point though. Kind of like how I thought Bloodborne and then going into um, Dark Souls 3 was a good jumping on point for newcomers as should well. Should I give Bloodborne a shot over this? I, mean, I think you should kind before of you play apples you and could. oranges as far as the styles of the games go. The mechanics have a, a lot of similarities, like in the like uh, in the wireframe, right? But like they're just stylistically, Bloodborne is like this like very dark fantasy world mm-hmm. with a lot of different types of RPG progression that just does not exist in Sekiro. But like right. the brutal analytical fights that you're talking about, it's the yes. same in that sense, Correct. right? So yeah. like meaning maybe that's like worth the fight, checking The combat first design has a lot of similarities. Right. Like if you mean if you don't like solving for what's going on in a fight, you may not, you probably won't like Sekiro's my guess. Yeah. Even though they added some some changes up. Um, yeah. Actually, I kind of like the idea that there's that skill tree. I mean, I've, again, I've I played some Demon Souls. Uh, I bounced out after I don't remember how many hours. It was right. not a ton. Maybe it was four or five, or who knows? It was so long ago. And then I've observed a lot of Dark Souls. And so there's so many items that you pick up and armor sets. And so you're saying uh, they, they've really have toned, they've streamlined toned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Fewer items and uh, well, there's, there's bar- yeah, the, the items are just like. Potions. I was wondering like about that. that too, because the yeah. main character, I don't know what the main character's name is, but um that uh seems Sucker like it's very oh, designed. Yeah, maybe it is secure. Spitting on you, don't worry. <laughs> um but I'm kind of surprised to hear that, that there's not like a ton of different armor sets and swords. It's, and, that's right, cool. Right, there's only you know. one sword. I like that idea. Yeah. Like that's it's a big change. There, the there is, I don't know if uh, I'm allowed to say specifically of why there's that one sword, but there's no, I don't. Yeah. It but, could be construed as a spoiler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but it is yeah, that one, yeah, there but you is can level it up, and I assume, right? From no. what I <laughs> understood, no, you really just like keep that sword. You can understand your you skill can, tree. You can ups, like, can yeah, you talk like, about what your skill tree does for you? I didn't. Again, I didn't go oh. super in depth because I, I wanted to like actually play. Sure, like, I mean, you, you, you could have gone through menus and like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can upgrade like what you can do with a with the sword and stuff. But okay. I don't know if there's like a oh like now it has twenty power or anything like that. Okay. Um, nothing specific to the sword. And did you play the beginning of the game? I, sorry, I missed some of it. Maybe. But yeah, I, I played the I played the very beginning okay. of the game. Um, cool. Yeah, super fun. Awesome. I think it's uh, for people who have been on the fence, nervous about these types of games. I think this is a kind of a great jumping on point to try it out see if it's for you and if it's not that's fine but yeah I think this game is going to be super worth it especially for the people that are have been hungering for a Bloodborne 2 for so many years at this point where they're every E3 or PSX they're like ah it's going to be announced now you know so I think this will definitely fill the void in a great way and I I think for people who love these games this is going to be yeah, a, a godsend for well, not a godsend, but they're gonna fucking love it. It's great, awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And I thank didn't you. find a name. He, he's just referred to as the Shinobi, mm. who was left for dead mm. after Shinobi's his lord back. was kidnapped and his arm was severed by a leading know, samurai I... of the Shina clan. Yeah, mm. Shinobi, Shina great clan. game. Yes, on, on PlayStation oh, Two. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Shinobi first? It was on, on Genesis, Genesis and stuff, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. on PS Two. Oh, oh baby, the, sounds like an old person game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop out here. Whatever, Donkey Kong sixty four. We got a young person's game. 
Destiny 2, Season of the Drifter. <laughs> Young person's game indeed. All right, all right, Take it away, right. Fran. Uh, okay, so fast catch you up. Destiny 2 Forsaken released like around last September, and now they have the new annual pass treatment, which is also alongside the, what do they call the free track? It's just Whatever. free content. There's, the, there's, yeah. season, there's Se- seasonal content, and then yeah. there's uh, annual pass. Annual pass you pay for. So, again, there are some updates that are free now and are out there. Um, they've made some changes to Gambit, and I forget exactly you know, what types of things are call it free, but uh, mainly the content is in the seasonal pass. So if you did buy that for like 30 bucks or whatever, it is a season of the Drifter, and what you get, and it just got started on Tuesday, we're recording this on Thursday, should make that very clear, because all that I've got to play so far is they've released Gambit Prime, one map, and their new mode, Reckoning, as well. Both of those are new modes. Gambit Prime is an extension of Gambit, which was the PvP slash PvE mode where you're fighting, you know, mobs of enemies, and then someone can come over from, like, the other side and invade your side, and you're cashing in these, you know, moats, they're called, but coins in a bank, effectively, to get to the end and unleash some boss. And so basically, you're like, oh, well, that, that mode's already pretty fun, but it, we've played a ton of it. Now they have Gambit Prime. It's a one-round mode before Gambit was um, three Gambit rounds Prime. potentially. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> people are already making that joke. Um, so anyway, uh, Gambit Prime is one round, high stakes. It's still, again, two teams first each other, but just for one round. And the, the basis of it is the same. I'm curious to hear from Andrew. You have mm-hmm. played Gambit Prime. Yes, I have. Um, and you literally do a lot of the same stuff, and you unleash that final boss at the end, and you try to burn them down. Um, the big thing they've introduced, which all of us haven't really got yet because it's a grind, there are four potential class types that you unlock armor for. So there's invader, reaper, collector, and so on. So the sentry is the last one. The idea is you can get armor that gives you perks in the game. So it's almost building towards almost being like an Overwatch. You could just select a class and jump in and be that person. But in this game, because it's Destiny, you actually have to grind grind armor <laughs> all over the world and get these suits. So I haven't really got to play with the perks, but I've played with the core mode. So maybe turn to Andrea. I don't know, how, how much did you play of the original Prime? Did you like it? And then there, what do you think of Gambit Prime? I played quite a bit of the original Gambit mode because I really liked the idea of the PvE component combined with the PvP component because it really felt more like a horde mode to me than anything else Destiny has done so far outside of Prison of Elders, which I would really love for them Prison to bring that back. Um, but what Gambit really accomplished was um, something that required teamwork in a really effective way outside of the raids. So something that was mm-hmm. a little bit you know, shorter of an experience compared to raids or quite substantially. Yeah. And um, you're going up against another team. Right, really and because it was three rounds, you know, it gave you the opportunity to make a comeback, whereas most PvPs, like, it's one round, if you lose, it's done. Yeah. And I really liked the idea of that. However, there was a lot of executions within the mode itself that made it a little frustrating to play, whether it would be people, you know, finding the one OP gun <laughs> that where you could, like, you know, Sleeper really wreck people with or snipe from or really kind of take, like, you know, cheeses. And it, it became frustrating to play, so a lot of people stopped playing it. Because if you didn't go in with a full fire team of people that you knew, yeah, you had you to communicate. You'd get crushed. Either if and if you weren't communicating, people were um, mass quitting Gambit if they lost the first round, mm. and then they'd be done. And like, there's no way to win Gambit if you're down a person. It's 
just not. It was a big problem. You yeah. can't collect enough of the the moats to put into the bank in order to get enough um, money in the bank, so to speak, to summon the primeval, which is the big boss at the end of the round. And so there's just no way to come back. And so Gambit had a lot of problems, so they needed to change it up. And I was really happy when they announced the changes for Gambit Prime. Making it down to one round makes the stakes substantially higher because there's no way to come back. Like if you lose, it's done. It's over. And then the way that they changed the the moats in the bank, I think, is the really exciting part. So now, um, every once in a while when you when you collect enough moats, you can go over and deposit them and at like five, ten, and fifteen, are those the intervals? When you invade? No, no, no. When you deposit moats for oh, the small, you medium, can do and large yeah, blockers. Five. 10 and 15, yes. So let's say I collect five moats and I go deposit them into the bank. Then I summon what's called a blocker and it on shuts down side. the bank on the other side, the enemy team side. So they can't deposit into Sends the a bank bouncer until. Over, be like, yo, yeah. nice try. Exactly. And so you have to kill the bouncer and then you can, <laughs> oh, then you can <laughs> exactly. um, put, the, put the money back into your bank. But now in Gambit Prime, if you don't kill the bouncer because a lot of times in regular Gambit you would just kind of forget <laughs> about him and then you would go when you needed to deposit you'd, you know go mm-hmm. burn right, him down kill him, yeah. but now if you leave them there they'll start to suck money start out of your bank stealing money from your bank mm-hmm. and so you really have to it's really dramatically changed the strategy in Gambit in a re- really meaningful way yeah, and you now you have to have somebody on top of it so right. meaning before you could ignore that there's blockers for a while till you're like alright everybody's got their moats I'm gonna bring back and you're like okay kill the enemies then we'll put them in now you're like oh crap like we're starting to lose more so you have to assign more people on top of more things because of this exactly you have to essentially you do a lot role. more roles right where the Z is. and the pvp element has been amped up because now if i invade the enemy side if i kill enemy guardians i can steal their moats mm. whereas before they would just lose the moats and mm. nobody would get them but now you can really turn the tide of a battle if you can have a really successful invasion and so i think like it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to shake out over the next week or so once people kind of get their feet underneath them on this yep. new map. Yeah, so it's a, it's a little early. And so here's a, there's a lot more going on in the world of Destiny that I'm not going to over-describe. I try to avoid. Yeah. What's but that you're, word? You're, you're trying to earn this armor. There's a lot of, yeah, there's so, like a, a lot of little nitpicky things that you would only get into. Like It's like the Destiny 2 I mean, needs. I, I'll gotcha, glance gotcha. on it, but meaning pull me back if I'm getting too deep here. But so they have this I thought other like, mode. Deej killed somebody no. and you guys are all keeping it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to, you know, confirm nor deny that something like this is happening. Um, so the whole idea with this, which is really interesting, though, for season pass holders. Like, again, you got to remember this is effectively a, you know, I don't know, what is, is it a $8 effectively piece Probably, of content? Yeah. Because there are three, you know, releases in this content, or even more, really, when you go through the summer. But um, in any event, the whole idea of this content is you've got a new PvP, PvE mode, and now you're going to also have to go into this thing called Reckoning, which is actually more so the Horde mode now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you played the Halloween event, um, you got a little taste of it, maybe. But you literally just go down into the world and there's a bunch of enemies and you kill them. There's not much more to it than that, but it's tiered. So they've only released tier one. So again, forgive me that it's Monday for many of you listening and we've got to play tier two and there's more stuff coming. But with where I'm at today, the idea is you play Gambit Prime for a while, play with friends, and then also you guys now bounce over because the way the bounties and stuff work and these these uh, synthesizer things that you get, this is how you get the armor. So yeah, I can make no, it simpler than this. That part's even confusing to me. So let me make this a little simpler. Sorry. <laughs> While you're playing Gambit Prime, you earn 
one of the four colors. Yellow is sentry, you know, reaper is green, whatever. And you're getting these synthesizer items as you're playing, and you can get those from bounties guaranteed, but they drop randomly too, I believe. The idea is you now bring it into the reckoning mode, which is more this just kill a bunch of enemies, but you're trying to generate your synth into a piece of um, armor, which you can get out of going into there. So you go over and the whole idea is that you're going back and forth between two modes, which I, I just want to give credit for. I do think it's interesting that they actually have two modes working together to gain, you know, like armor sets and, and stuff for it. So I, like that works. What I will say is I like Gambit Prime. Uh, it's fun. I would have probably have a lot of notes on little things, but overall, like it's a nice new mode. It's a little more, it brings a little more of what she was touching on of that raid feel or the strike feel to it. You just got to think more and really get together with a team, but you really need to communicate with these people, which mm -hmm. is another discussion. Like, I don't know, jumping in and matchmaking, if it's really quite as fun as, um, you know, being on a team together. But yeah, no, it's not. But I do like what, <laughs> definitively, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, much but, more difficult to like single queue yeah. matchmake than it is to roll with the people they call them the that you're on comm with. Yeah, when you go in, all your teammates' yeah. names are, names are uh, green or whatever, right? Or yeah, whatever color. But all the blue name highlights, mm -hmm. those are the blueberries, and yeah. you like usually don't want to play with Sometimes you get you an awesome. You don't want to play with those greens. <laughs> um, no, it's the opposite here. But so yeah. anyway, uh, I do like Gambit uh, Prime. Don't don't buy that. Yeah, I like Gambit Prime. I, I like some of the systems, although not totally intuitive unless you've played a lot of Destiny. But you get in, you go into. But Reckoning. by this point, you've played a lot of Destiny. Yeah, right? I, it, it took me a second though, like literally, yeah. to because to, to Andrew's still got to play Reckoning, I think, right? Yeah. And like you, at first, you look at this stuff. I have a pile of like. I have a synth engine, I think, that showed up in my inventory, and then yeah, it works like the cookie and, oven, and then it's yeah, just and then like, you hover um, over it, and you, you yeah, the, the cookie thing is you could. Bake, I put my cookies in the milk. You could Wait, bake what? cookies. No <laughs> cookies involved in this. You could bake cookies. This for, is during the holiday the holiday serious? season. Yeah. I'm serious. So yeah. you were actually like doing stuff in the world to bake cookies. <laughs> so and, Destiny. Uh, yeah. Great. Let's not get too far off track. We What's up with Sayonara Wild Hearts? I'm over this <laughs> Wait, Let me just finish and say the, the, the important... Like no, we're moving on. But we're almost done with this part because honestly, we should wait next week. It'll be a better discussion. Yeah, we'll have I think a lot we're more... Oh, sorry, next week's three hours of division talk. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, baby. Come on, agents. Come on, let's agents. Fuck you, Maybe Kingdom Hearts 3.5 will come out by There's a chance I'm playing Division 2. Not a chance. Loser. Why? I don't understand. Why not? Dude, it just seems like such a waste of time. He hates Washington, D.C. He doesn't want to say You don't want to look awesome and shoot bad guys? Sponges? No. Oh, don't sponge me, buddy. All right. I'll have you. You like your Kingdom Hearts. You got damage popping off of them when you're fighting them. So let me finish this real fast. Exactly. Tier one, Andrew, mm -hmm. and I'll be very curious to see what you think of it next week, but by then we'll have played uh, two tiers, hopefully, because um, tier, the tier two releases on Friday, which again is after recording this. It was just like a big drop of enemies and there wasn't much to it and there's no real combatant placement and design. So like tier one, I get it was supposed to be like simple, but I was really like, I don't know, I love the vibe because you go into the Trials of the Nine sort of vibe, uh, whatever that world is, I forget. It's beautiful. It's that nice white uh, land, sandstone landscape or whatever it is, very dreamy. So I love that, but it's just a bunch of enemies. Uh, there's nothing more to it other than, you know, working with I'm sure that there's something yet to come. Exactly, but this is just tier one. So right. how they designed tier two and three, I think will be better, but I was frankly disappointed with um, how it felt. It just was like, all right, this is tier one. Let's, let's get to tier two. The last thing I will say, however, and it is important to say, and Andrew, you probably knew it was coming, power per hour. Yes, it, it is Fran. not. It's not so right. I'm so glad you brought it up. It's not BPH, right. dude. I don't understand. I went into this at two 
fifty, basically. I think mm-hmm. it was two forty nine point five, whatever, or sorry, six forty nine point five. I was gonna say, dang, Fran, was I, that your Smurf character? You're, you're, yeah, <laughs> fucking blueberry, get out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see what tier two is, but the whole idea, reckoning, is gonna get harder. So as you try to get these armor sets, you're gonna need to. This is the tier thing. Yeah, so yeah. you're gonna need to grind up, and Andrea had to start at six forty. Right, even. and so I want to yeah. make that point. I know we're not trying to elongate this discussion too much. If you're like me and you're interested in getting back into Destiny, the power bounties were incredibly helpful. It took me about an hour, hour and a half, roughly, to do these four power bounties. I went instantly in that 90 minutes from light level 600 to light level 640. It's great. Like, jumped 40 light level in 90 minutes. It was... It was amazing. So it this, was glorious. This is the perfect setup, though. So if yeah. you're 640 and I'm 650, mm-hmm. I just played for like, I don't know, seven hours, Sucker. eight. <laughs> and by the time Friday rolls around, tier two will hit. I don't know how hard it is, but tier one is a 650 activity. So right. you can manage. No, I'm not going to. But it's Because a little, if it's a 650 activity, you really want to be like 660. Yeah, I mean, to, like, well. To feel good to in it. it. Yeah. Where I'm going with this is tier two. Uh, well, we don't know what the level is, so I can't come. But I can tell you the grind, man, the power power. It's so, like, it's not fun anymore. I'm only, like, oh, six. this is what you guys wanted. Remember Destiny? No, this course? is not oh, Destiny 2, there wasn't any grinding. And, and you we, got what you wanted. No, grind we, it up, grind boy. Okay. <laughs> that is not what we asked. So, again, you literally, so here's the problem. You get powerful engrams on the map that drop sometimes, and they're called powerful engrams. But sometimes they drop into a slot that you already got, and because of the way power works that it won't get into, you might have, say, a 652 in that slot, and that one just dropped at 650. And then another one did. So you literally just played for like an hour and a half, and it did nothing for you. You got nothing out of it. You're like, what the heck, man? So that's one problem. And anyway, I really hope that tier two, but we'll know by the time this is up, uh, does not gate me into grinding like this. I'm very curious for you. Like, do you need to be pretty high and grind up to 660 at the pace that I'm going? Because it's it's less than one power per hour. So I'll say that right now for me. Um, So I'm not very uh, thrilled with what's going on there. So we'll see early. Greg, are you thrilled with Sayonara Wild Hearts? Uh, from what I have played, I am. Barrett, I sent you a trailer to Control if you want to throw that up for other people to see. Uh, it's an old, it's the Switch debut. Do you remember this game when it went through like one of the Nindies things and popped I up? I can't say I it's do. Switch? Imagine, yes. Imagine if Andy Cortez's drawings, <laughs> specifically the party mode shirt, right? Okay. The purple one with the, yeah. and how he likes putting the pink okay, neon, girl. all that stuff came to life mm-hmm. into a video game, right? This is an Annapurna published game they're putting mm-hmm. out, right? So you already know it's going to be weird and wacky. You're right, you already know it's gonna be oozing with style. Uh, when we talked about Gris, aka Grease, earlier on, right? <laughs> Last year, uh, I talked about it being more of a meditative experience, right? And it was meant to be a chill out game. The way they describe this game, right? And I have notes, right? A pop album video game. Okay, it's meant to be that you are playing an album, and it, it, I'm not. There's there's fail states. You're going oh, through. I do remember. You're this collecting now. hearts. You know, see, pop album, video game, right? If you're watching with us, if not, it doesn't matter. But as you go through yeah. your, you the world opens with this woman on her bike, or I'm sorry, her bed. She falls into this world. You're falling. You're collecting hearts, hitting bigger power ups. You're flying through the world. Eventually, you land and like get into this world here that you're seeing now, where there are style. all these exactly all these different gangs. You land on a motorcycle. You ride the motorcycle through the streets, collecting hearts. This, games. this looks like the most Japan game. I love it. I 
it is so great though you know what I mean it, it's, it's all style it's all music it's all yeah you're flying through you're getting the hearts you're going on to the next thing Heart you'll get into Sakura. when I landed on the motorcycle and started going right the first group I fought uh, was the dancing devils they're in this trailer they're the pink letterman jackets right so I'm racing they're chasing me you're going off jumps like that uh, and then you get into fights like right there what they just showed where you the, the bikes will stop you'll get off you'll fight the people in letterman jacket they throw it at you and again the as you're going the whole gameplay loop is just getting the hearts and then getting through the like you know the heart outlines and it's going to be a high score how many can you get kind of thing right man so that looks you cool. go through dude, when you get into the combat you jump off the bikes and then it's just like you know the circle encroaching in that you then have to hit the button at the right time cool so Rhythm action game. It's not rhythm. It's not rhythm in the way I, I I would stay away from that because it's not rhythm in the way of rhythm like action. Well, sure, but I mean when, I, when you say that, I feel like you're trying to hit it on the beats. I didn't. I was playing on the whatever difficulty, the same difficulty I think everybody was, and it was. I didn't. It wasn't like I was hitting it in rhythm or anything like that with a beat. It was very much that I was playing through this Paper album Mario. as it went. Sure, keep is throwing the, stuff out. I can't exactly. help They're you. Accurate. Okay. Uh, is exactly. the world reactive? Like, maybe you don't have to hit on the beep. Does the world react when you sort of get things? Or uh, No, I mean, there's effects and stuff okay. like that. No, but I mean, you can die. It's you can miss your thing and get hit. You can get hit off your bike. You cannot make a jump or something. You have to come back and restart it. But it was there was no lives. I think it really is a thing of... You want to chill out because you like the music and you like the visual styles of it. You know what I mean? It's like a piece of candy. You go through and you play it. You enjoy yourself. And then hopefully you come back the next time you feel that way and try to beat your score or go through something to that effect. You're that playing as really the fool. Cool. It's high score chasing. It's five Sweet. settings. So it's 20 levels. Um, Switch is the only one that's announced. Every level does a twist on the cycle. So the bike keeps changing as you go, which I thought was really cool. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. They, it was literally like I walked in, saw Deb Mars from Annapurna. What up, Deb? She, and then they handed me the switch and I sat down and just headphones. There was no introduction to it. And so I played through it and I was like, wow, I didn't know what this was or what to expect. But I really, Super really dug cool. it. Yeah. Swedish developers, it looks like, I think. Yeah, That's Andrea, like there that. you go. Trying to fucking. No, it does look very. Japanese. I didn't that looks... say it was developed in Japan. Yeah. I said it looks like a very yeah. Japanese game. It's, uh, it looks, like looks, it's very looks very suitable. Because you get the card like. Persona, and then you fall in and you fight things. Sayonara. Uh, Sayonara, I didn't know anything about that really, so really good highlight. I mean, yeah, like, I wish I knew more about when it's it, coming out. Just 2019. 2019 yeah. is all they're saying. Yeah. But yeah, really cool. Exciting. And then to close out Gamescast, Greg. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. What do you got for me? I'll tell you what. You, I don't feel we've talked enough about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> we've never done no, What I want to bring up about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? DLC 3 just dropped. I started it last night, but I haven't finished it, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I played through the end, uh, before, I guess, what, over the weekend of episode 2 for the DLC. If you remember, this is the one that got him into trouble because they made a bonehead decision in the initial one where it was that Cassandra, who could be gay she could be straight she could be bi she can be whatever you want it to be the original ending of the dlc right clicked her over and she fell falls in love with this guy and she has to have a kid and they put it out as like this is the canonical thing mm -hmm. people are like well wait no like my cassandra isn't that and they're like what okay good point sorry we fucked that up and they, i thought oh yeah that's i thought right. ubisoft that montreal did a great job of it right of being like that's a good point. Sorry. We're trying to figure out how to, she has to have an, there has to be an heir to continue the franchise and continue the story. But you're right. We pencil, we put, you know, painted ourselves in. They worked with Glad. They got it out of, they re, went in and, you know, changed the trophy name, changed the ending options, right? So it was that you can either basically say you're going to, you're with this guy because you love him or I'm with this guy because I need to continue the bloodline, right? There is a, there is a thing there. I'm only in it for, you know, uh, practical purposes rather than any kind of romantic thing rather than force you down the romantic track. What I find interesting about it is when I, I'd already played episode one and started in episode two when this all broke and articles were coming and statements were coming, but I hadn't gotten it to myself. And I was very much the idea of, oh, I know this guy from the storyline from this DLC the guys. He's a putz. 
I don't fucking care about this guy at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with my my Cassandra ride has been fucking everybody. I don't care. Whatever. She's just out there living the free grease life, and that's what I'm all about. Greg, you slut. Exactly. I I, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got to. What oh, yeah. I mean? You know what it's I mean? That's on, how dude. it was. Live that's how life. ancient Greece was. I didn't know you could be a slut in this game. Now I'm, I'm gonna. Play oh this. yeah, you I'm can bang a over. lot of people. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and we're not slut shaming here. All right, we're no, embracing it. I just told you. I, now I want to play. Okay, cool. But it was the idea for me of this. I'm not gonna be penciled into this thing that's not who i play you know that whatever blah blah and so the game gives you i did it i got to the choice and i was like because it's like he's gonna get on a boat and you can like confess your love or like see you fucking later dude kick rocks and i was like (laughs) fucking get on the boat loser kick rocks (laughs) and something interesting happened for the first time in this game and again i know i think people who maybe are of the lgbtq community may have a different perspective on it right or and feel some way different of it for me up until this point, I've been making, I have my Cassandra, I have my choices, I'm defining who she is as I go, right? And what her moral code is. She's very heroic, obviously, because I'm trying to play it as a superhero all the time. Uh, <laughs> I tell this guy, all right, yeah, see you later. Who the fuck cares? And something very bizarre happened to me that I can't say has happened in many video games. He went and got on the boat, and then they cut back to a cutscene of my Cassandra, and she looks sad. And then she, I, then it's like, oh hey, there's a he left a he says when he, in the when I kicked him off, he was like, oh I left a note for you up at the house, whatever. You go up to the house and read the note, and the note was so sweet and about people making a connection. And then my Cassandra started crying, and then he came back to the door because you have well, this is where it's the new thing of I'm in it for love or I'm in it for whatever. They're, they're, they get they hug, so it's, it can be just a friend hug or it can be whatever. But like the whole thing had been building this relationship they were trying to clearly force on you of just like well you know no one really understands her the way this guy does he's been living a similar life on the run being you know doing nefarious deeds or whatever and they had, you had a good scene of you and him drinking wine and getting wasted and like telling stories and like clearly there was a bond there and they keep kind of referencing that there might be a bond there to their friends anyways he she cried when she read it and i regretted the decision and so then you get the, the so the, the, there's a time jump and you get the actual conversation where it is. I did this for love or I did it. So I could have told him I loved him earlier, kept him there. And I was like, no, fuck that. We probably I, should have prefaced this with spoiler alert. But you know oh what? That's God. okay. If you don't know at this point, <laughs> if you we're, cared about the <laughs> Between the second and the third DLC? Well, this is, I mean, the, the third DLC, it's not even the I end. mean, I personally don't care. Now, <laughs> I, well, again, we're I was bringing up the, the whole thing. Anyway, it doesn't I matter. Know, I didn't even mention the baby right. in your face. Uh, so anyways, though, then, there, then there's the... Baby's fu- having if you have sex? There's the final well, decision. Spoilers, dude. <laughs> of the bloodline continuation I'm wow. talking about. Anyways, there was the final, final, final choice of like, uh, do you love him or is it just for the bloodline or whatever? And I flipped it to loving him. And not because I loved him, wow. but clearly Cassandra loved him. And I love Cassandra so much that I wanted her to be happy. Aww. And this is, <laughs> I, it was like such a weird, conflicted, emotional thing. I'm just like, they're forcing this down my throat. Oh, she's really sad though. Yeah. Oh man. They, I, did I make, and I was, for a second when I, I forgot about the, like the one last saving thing. When I, Told him, like, yeah, fuck off. And then it, she cried at the note. I was like, fuck, am I going to have to reload a save? Like, am ah. I going to have to quit out right now yeah. and go back? And then I got the chance to do it. And so then DLC 3, which is the finale of this part, picks back up. And she's just so happy. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank God I made this choice. Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's interesting. It's, they convey so much emotion in it um, that it's, like, it's clearly had been your character. But for, it's, it's the but weirdest thing. of it, it's, you. it's now on this pantheon in terms of games making me think in a different way about it, where uh, in Walking Dead Season 2, uh, when Clem started telling, talking about Lee, I started crying because I always thought that I loved Clem, but it actually loved Lee and their relationship. And I didn't put that together till it was too late. And he's going down. I can't tell him. <laughs> and it was the same thing of the end of Last of Us, where it was like you get to that part and you think there's going to be a choice and there isn't a choice. And I was like, 
oh my God, that's what the story is. And so to get here and have it be that moment of like, did I just really, f I've, I've made, I'm killing people left and right. I'm not remembering dialogue choices. Things are dying. I'm like, ah, my locker, I don't give a shit. And I'm fucking, Cassandra's drinking and fucking and having a great time. And then we got here and I was like, oh my God, I have to give her a happy ending. And then it's not even over because now people are fucking coming. Now I got to do, uh, now I got to kill more motherfuckers. Mm, no, I took that very differently. Um, thank you very much for Exciting. this amazing episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Andrea, welcome. Hey, officially. thanks. Welcome again, officially. Andrea. It doesn't, it doesn't to feel you. like a new thing. Woo! I know, it, it doesn't. It feels like a good thing. And I, that's it what feels matters. like a natural thing. <laughs> yes. I don't want you to get too comfortable with me being on the show like four weeks in a row. You still got a ghost every like two did, weeks. We, uh, we, yeah, we, we were delaying so long for that video, and then it's like, what, GDC, you're not here. Then, we, yeah. we have Schreier on. The week after is PAX. Then there's E3. We might move some things around, though, because we're going to be gone for stuff, too. So we might be on different days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Divisions next week. Can we just cancel the show? Thank you, Fran. That's what I've been saying right? for a while. Yeah. Can Great. we just you cancel the kind, of funny. the kind of funny Division cast? Uh, catch it. Catch <laughs> Until it next, next time. Week. See you later, agents. Oh, man. Uh, we'll see you see guys later, in the post show, though. Let's call them agents. Call them agents. Agents. Jesus. All man. right. You know what? I'm sorry you don't have fun. I quit. <laughs> I quit this bullshit. <laughs>